What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 121 of the Taste Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk about things, react to things, do which random shit. My name's Seth. I'm Chevy. And I'm Chris. And quick reminder is to download and play NBA 2K20 and Rise of the Tomb Raider. Both offer for free on PlayStation Plus. Make sure to download those, play those, come back in like a week. And we're going to talk about those on Plus Club. Let us know what you thought of those games. We'll let you know we thought of them. And our game of the month randomly picked is dragon quest builders 2 and uh we're gonna talk about that as well in about a week we have discord link down below you can talk to us anytime all the time we're on itunes spotify and the podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us you can type in hashtag stlg in the comments on your comment if you'd like your comment to be uh considered to be on our reading your comments and replying segment of taste the cast which we will be doing this episode 100 i promise it's happening um I already have five comments lined up. We're going to read them. We're going to comment on them. And if you watch that segment and you're like, ah, I want it to be read, type in hashtag AskTLG. You have a very good chance of being read on there. Otherwise, I pick a random. Uh, we have a Patreon as well. If you'd like to support the channel and what we do here, everything goes into it, goes right back into the channel. And uh, it's really appreciated. And if you're watching this and you're like, man, I just want to support them more than commenting, liking, sharing, and all that other stuff, watching the whole video, if you're so brave to do so, you can... Check out our Patreon. We appreciate it. Um, I think that's everything. Everything. I think so. Yeah. A lot of stuff. So, uh, Taste Cast. Every Taste Cast, we start with what we've been playing. And uh, there is a game that has come out that will probably take up a pretty large chunk of this conversation. So, we're going to start with Chris. What have you been playing? Not a lot other than from what I've been playing before. So, Final Fantasy fourteen, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting Monk almost to 80 now. So I'm creeping on your class. You're beyond. I'm creeping <laughs> on your class. <laughs> um, we did. Uh, was it E6? I keep, I keep forgetting what the numbers are. We did E5 and E6. Okay. So we did. We did Ramu and we cleared it. Yes. And then we attempted the Garuda Ifrit fight and we actually made it. I guess it's technically the halfway point when they fused together on that fight. Rasta pasta. <laughs> Yeah, Rasta Pasta. Um, we Rasta made it there pasta. one time. The pasta is a weird no name. Buffs, oh. No food, just kind of going in blind and kind of attempting to listen to callouts while being scrambled for position. <laughs> for sure. I actually, um, I really enjoyed the fact that in two weeks we attempted E5 and then in week two, we're only doing one night a week up to four hours. Uh, week two, we got the clear on E5, and then on E6, we're like, ah, screw it, let's go into E6, and we made it to, uh, I don't know the mechanics name, but we're, two people are chained together, essentially, is where we, we got to, so anyone who's familiar will know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I know that. <laughs> it was funny when we were doing E5, because obviously I played that as well, so I'm, I'm just going to hop in here if you don't mind. Um, <clears throat> that how we were going through... The whole thing and the first couple polls were what I was expecting, you know, which is just kind of rough and and everyone kind of getting their bearings down again. And then all of a sudden we hit enraged like over and over again. And then that one that that one we cleared when I looked up, we were five percent ahead of where we usually were when enraged started. I was like, We got this. We got this. <laughs> and sure enough, mm-hmm. we, we got the win. So that was really cool. Um other than that, E six S seems like it's not going to be as rough of a fight. For anybody listening to this, can you explain what E6 and E whatever the hell is? Sure. So um, <laughs> it's the raids are always like abbreviated. So like 
uh, and there's always 12 of them. So there's, there's your numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, e is for Eden is the name of the raid series. Mm-hmm. So it's Eden fifth fight. S is for savage, which is the harder difficulty. Gotcha. So, um, I was trying to find a picture of the boss for you, but apparently that's E six S according to Google. Um, yeah. So we didn't do the original four and we haven't really done any rating in the past either though. So like, mm-hmm. it's just been kind of, us thrown into it and it's been really nice to see that um you know obviously everyone is wanting to improve and get and better at this because we just kind of have been going forward at a really quick pace um even the guy who's running it for us uh said his static he had before this like we're like way ahead of them speed wise so it's really good to hear so been fun yeah yeah i knew we were gonna clear it I knew we were going to clear Ramu because I died to a mechanic. I'd have been doing just fine all the way up to this point where if we were all, if I died, everybody else was dead already, or we were all dead at the same time. And then I fucked up a mechanic. I was like, this is the one. This is the one where my parsing, which is your DPS meter, is going to get fucked, and we're going to win, and I'm going to look like I did shit. <laughs> and sure enough, we beat it was after that, I died. Was that an enrage that you died? Yeah, at the yeah. enrage. Yeah. Uh, enrage yeah, is the last phase of the fight where the fight's basically like, okay, you have to win before I one shot the whole raid. So mm-hmm. the DPS race. That's been fun. We're playing dancer. It's a lot of fun. Tippy tapping all over the face of my enemies. <laughs> nice. I don't know about that. You throw rings at them, you tippy tappy all over the battlefield. Listen, listen. I'm the tippy tapper. You're the novice tippy tapper. I don't want to hear it. I just, I'm the cloaked person who keeps everyone alive and sits there and stresses out. <laughs> you when run around and throw sparkles them. at everybody, okay? <laughs> Expert tippy tapper. <laughs> Professional. Um, and then the only other game I've been playing, I think it's Overwatch, because I've been doing a lot of, I did work for the last couple of days and my sleep schedule got really fucked up. So I, I was doing a lot of wedding work. And staying oh, up for days in a row. <laughs> oh, damn. Pokemon. I've been playing Pokemon Sword. How's that? It's. I think I've gotten to the point where I'm like grinding now, trying to get like the a better team comp. And so it's just kind of grinding. Trying to so level up all my pokes. That game came out and got a lot of people upset about it. As someone who is playing it, are you enjoying it? Oh, yeah. I have a lot yeah. of fun with it. Cool. I understand where people are like upset because apparently a lot of the older Pokemon aren't in it. Mm-hmm. But as someone who's just playing the game and just kind of playing through it and enjoying what I'm finding so far, I haven't really noticed that the other older Pokemon, you know, all like 487 other Pokemon aren't in the game yet. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like too, if you're not playing every single Pokemon that comes out, it's going to hit you a lot less than yeah. somebody who's like a long time. Like I'm, I've been collecting since the beginning of time and you're going to fucking, deny me this like I, I get that so i i don't i'm not really on any, any side of it so i what i did kind of want to pick up that game but i heard a lot of negative things so that's fun. that's good to hear I'll say I've heard it. gameplay wise it's supposed to be a very good game mm-hmm. so i mean that's that's pretty much what i'm what i'm after so um there's some from, good quality of life changes that i've noticed since the last iteration that i played which i think was x also, Gen 7. 
That's I think it was X2. Two. <laughs> I can't remember. You were holding it's... one face for so long, I thought you froze. I think it was the last one I played. Just, uh, I'm I played the most in recent time. Was the X and Y series? Mm. I don't even well, know the last one I played. Temtem. Yeah. That's the last one I played. You played Y. There's a lot of nice yeah. quality of life changes of like, just like in the battle system, if it'll tell you, you can tell it to indicate whether your moves are effective or not effective or don't affect the enemy at all, which is really nice. I have to memorize all 27 types and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And how I think they, they had that in Sun and Moon. Dual typing. Sun and Moon did that? I think okay. so. It's been a while. I, I couldn't beat that game. It felt way different, so... It's fun yeah. though. It's kind of like a weird combination of old Pokemon games and Pokemon Go because your wild encounters, you're not just walking through tall grass and just randomly happen. You actually physically see the Pokemon kind of walking through the grass and you can avoid them or run into them to fight them. It's really cool. Hmm. Kind of so makes the world feel more alive. Sorry? You do prefer it then? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like it. it. It feels more lived in. It feels more natural. It feels yeah. alive. Yeah, that is cool. I mean, I kind of like the RPG aspect of the random encounters for like, you know, more traditional RPG feeling. But at the same time, if you can make a Pokemon world seem more, I don't know, um, tangible, more, you know, lived in, like you said, um, I think that would benefit that series more just because it, it is cool to think that there are wild Pokemon, you know, running around in the grass and shit that you can actually see before you run into them and fight them. Yeah, so it's, that's cool. it's really cool. And there's flying ones. The ones that fly actually fly around in the sky around you and stuff and will dive bomb you and stuff. It's really cool. Okay. I was going to say, how the hell do you get them down? Shoot them? You can, like, you can, uh, if you press in one of the sticks, you whistle. And a lot mm. of times it makes Pokemon be like, what the fuck was that? And kind of walk towards you. Damn. Turned to Solid Snake. You're going to be knocking on <laughs> metal walls and shit. Bulbasaur's going to go, huh? What was that noise? <laughs> I've also heard that one has a good post game as well. So I just, you know. I have like five, six hundred Pokemon in my Pokebank I'd like to be able to bring over, and I can't. So. Well, something to be said about starting fresh, though. Starting over again. For the ninth time? <laughs> I mean, if I went in, I'd be starting fresh, too. So I, I can't really speak on that. Yeah. But, you know. I don't necessarily want them available to me when I start the game. Just in the post game, I'd like to have access to them. So after I beat the game, I want my Pokemon. See, and I think that's kind of a fair middle ground. Yeah. So. Um, cause I, the, like, I, I understand like even just for balance sake, like playing the game as intended to go through it. Um, but at the end I still want my collection available to me though. They so. are putting themselves in a really shitty corner by, by the time they have 8,000 Pokemon, like the, people are going to expect them to put all 8,000 in every iteration now. Like that's, that's not good. It's kind of like rockstar. Every time they make a game, it's like a living, breathing world with incredible detail. They have to do that plus more yeah. the next time they make a game. Mm-hmm. and so like it's never gonna get they're never gonna just have this easy ride unless mm-hmm. they go the bethesda route and i named them for the first time in the episode there will be more no and you know i i i've heard the argument too that um a lot of people in order to get all the pokemon you would have to buy two of the two copies of the ds game which would run you 80 bucks and this time you buy you know pokemon and the dlc and it runs you i think it's about 80 bucks still so like you're still spending the same amount of of money to get access to that dex so i don't know i'm sure at some point the game will get cheap or because pokemon never devalues too much nintendo games yeah. take forever to yeah. lower in price they're like call of duty and then i'll probably yeah. pick it up but yeah yeah 
That's about it, really. Nothing else? Nothing crazy. Nothing man. at all? All right. I'll jump into mine. If you don't mind. Um, I'm buying. I fucking mind. God damn it. Who said I wanted to hear about that? Why am I here? Um, I want to talk about what I've been playing. And when I'm not talking about what I've been playing, silence. <laughs> I want everybody to be quiet because I'm trying to take a nap. Uh, I've been playing more Dragon Quest Builders 2, which we'll be talking about in detail, uh, just to kind of keep you guys up to date on one aspect that is my goal by the, between right now and when we do Game of the Month is uh, there's a multiplayer mode in Dragon Quest Builders 2, and it takes like uh, 70 hours to get to, and I am almost there. And Chevy is there. Took me two full days of playing. Yeah. Um, and I also have been playing for like two full days and so I'm like really close and so I want to get to it just so we can be able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to talk about how the multiplayer is and shit like that. So that's my goal. Uh, but obviously I've been playing the game, so, uh, I've put time into it and we'll talk about that. Uh, played NBA 2K20, finally got around to playing that. Um, that'll be an interesting thing to talk about, I think. So make sure to come back for uh, plus club so um also played hunt showdown uh been playing that again quite a bit uh still really enjoying it still love it still one of my favorite fps's that i've played in the last probably five to ten years easily um and uh, nothing really to report killing a lot of people getting killed by a lot of people uh my kdr in uh bounty hunt mode is i think 1.3 so i'm pretty happy with that um and then my kdr in um, quick play is 1.0. So, uh, I'm killing at least once and then I die on average. So that's good to know. Um, I always strive in an FPS that I'm trying to be competitive in to at least have a 1.0 KD. Uh, anything below that, I feel like I'm not being effective. So that's good. Although I am right now playing a lot better than I did when I first started playing the game. So I'm still trying to catch up to my shit KD that I started with and trying to correct that. So it is just going up, which is really cool. Also played uh, dead side um, with a member of the community. And um, if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like Daisy, except for there's no zombies. There's just uh, dudes with guns that roam around NPCs and, uh, they seem to be fucking pinpoint accurate. Um, the first time I played this, their AI was kind of wonky, and I would still argue their AI is still very wonky now, but they got like a lot more aggressive. Um, when I went into a server, um, the first time, they wouldn't enter buildings. They would just run around the building and try and shoot you through the windows and shit. Um, now they just like walk in the building, walk straight into the room you are, turn around, go boom, and shoot you and just walk out. And it was horrifying the first time because I wasn't expecting it. This happened to me twice. I was just in a building searching for shit. And um, I see how the door go, and I like turn. And this guy just like marches in, turns, looks at me, goes, boom, and just like walks out. I'm like, all right. So, um, but once you get kind of used to the idea that the NPCs will just fucking murk you instantly, you start playing extra careful. And so, um, we were playing, and uh, this game has like random missions that will pop up on the map too. So that's different than Daisy. Um, and you can, they're essentially kill all the NPCs in this area, and then a box will become available, and you get like money and loot and shit. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, you're pretty much just like slowly sweeping an area, just like killing people. And it's fucking, um, sounds really basic, but uh, because it is hardcore, it is uh, in the sense that you get shot like once and you die. Um, 
it's still pretty fun because you're just trying to survive these encounters or whatever. So it's pretty fun. It is absolutely underdeveloped though. It is not, it is not finished, but there's a lot of really cool stuff on the horizon for this game. I know they want to add, like, I think they already added the base building. I think that just got implemented. I know they want to add like, uh, I don't know if cars are in or not, but I think they're going to add stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's going to become a lot more robust than it is now. But uh, so far the foundation is really good. Um, I would loosely recommend it to anybody who is curious about it, but understands that the game's not, not finished it's still being worked on so so far they got the map they got items they got plenty of guns plenty of stuff to wear um plenty of npcs that will kill you if you don't kill them first pretty quickly um and that though that's pretty much what the, is in the game so far and yeah you can build like some basic built or uh, base type stuff but nothing uh nothing amazing so definitely look forward to playing that more and then of course the other thing i've been spending most of my time on is ghost of tsushima which has uh finally come out um i know a lot of people are playing this right now hearing pretty much across the board good to great things from everybody about it and uh yeah i'm also very much enjoying it i know you've also been playing ghost of tsushima so i figure we can just have a general mm -hmm. conversation on our impressions of it i'm sure people are going to want to know about it chris has not had a chance to play it yet and for anybody who also hasn't played this or is worried about I'm not as far as you, or maybe you're way further than me. Um, we're not going to talk about like story spoilers or anything like that. We're just going to talk about our general impressions, what we like about the game, what we don't like about the game, blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah. So um, in case you somehow don't know what Ghost Tsushima is, uh, Tsushima, um, it is a uh, samurai game. And uh, yeah, in that, you, the island of Tsushima is uh, invaded by Mongols. And uh, they cause a fucking ruckus, and now it is put upon you to take the island back um, from these invaders. Uh, there's a lot of other things going on in the story, but that's basically what it is. And uh, it is a pretty, you know, straightforward third-person action game meets stealth game. Uh, you run around on foot or horseback going to uh, kind of like Far Cry, uh, going to different encampments and taking them back exploring the map, finding all these cool collectibles and um, uh, all these different places like hot springs and uh, places to write fucking haiku and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, and you get things for doing all of these, which is really a great uh, feature for someone like me who is not a completionist at all. So, But in a game like this, I'm like, wait, I get things for doing all this? I'm going to go do that. Being completionist gives you stuff. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now I'm like, oh, shit, there's something on the map. What is that? Everything. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God, what is this? Um, and yeah, uh, combat pretty much consists of um, uh, the game locks on for you, which is interesting. Uh, if you look in a direction of an enemy, it locks onto that person. For the most part, it works pretty well. Sometimes it does some weird shit. Um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty straightforward in its combat. Uh, it is a little more, um, I, I hesitate to say slower pace because it, it starts off like that. But if you get proficient at it, it starts getting really quick. Um but yeah, third person uh, sword combat, uh, you know, bow and arrow, stuff like that. But then it also has a stealth element where you're able to uh, have quite a bit of tools, actually, uh, at your disposal to sneak around, to take people out quietly. Um, a lot of things in a skill tree that allows you to, uh, you know, kill a guy from behind, kill two people at the same time, kill three people at the same time. Some really cool stealth stuff that I'm really happy with. And uh, yeah, I mean, so the gameplay is pretty well divided between, uh, I would say, a third person action game and a stealth game. Um Let's just talk about the first thing, the way it looks. The game's beautiful. It's beautiful. Man. It's a beautiful game. <laughs> horrible um, game. It's a horrible game. <laughs> Ugliest game I've ever seen. Most pixels ever. 
Too many pixels. Too many colors. <laughs> if you had that opinion, there's a black and white mode called a Kurosawa mode. You can check that out. It also has film grain. It also makes the audio kind of tinny, which I thought, thought was pretty cool. Um, and that, <laughs> that can be turned on and off in the options. So you don't have to commit to that mode, yeah. um, which is very cool. Um, it also has interesting enough a contrast mode that I like you can turn it off and on it just makes the the contrast deeper so huh. if you want everything to look a little more dramatic you can turn that on regardless of the kurosawa mode um <laughs> the uh the game uh, the game is is fucking gorgeous um i'm gonna get this out there too because i talked about it on the discord a little bit and i've been talking about it with some people um it's really interesting that this game is not and i'm gonna try and be specific about this so people understand where i'm coming from it's not graphically amazing looking on a technical level when it comes to textures, you know, HD textures, crazy lighting and sh- and shadowing. Even though the lighting can the be really pretty good, the lighting can be pretty good. Yeah. Um, but what they do with the sheer amount of foliage moving, grass blowing in the wind, trees moving with their branches swaying in the wind, actual wind effects particle effects floating around in the air constantly constantly uh groups of like seven mongols just kind of wandering around together at a time they will all attack you at the same time uh they don't wait their turn they all start swinging at you and stuff um there's a lot going on visually that uh they found the perfect balance this this like i said i'm not I'm, this isn't a dig at it but they found the perfect balance of making sure that it has a very clean colorful look to it that's fluid looking while also you know having the textures lower but not to the point that it really matters um the only reason i bring that up is because i think it's a really smart way to achieve something that a game that might have tried to make the game look way crazier looking could not achieve specifically on the consoles we have right now if this is a ps5 game they wouldn't have to worry about it um but uh what you get though is these sprawling fucking fields of grass blowing in the wind and trees rocking with the wind and in the distance a whole different forest of other colors and a mountain behind that with fucking clouds passing by it and out in the fucking distance ships of the mongols uh you know at at you know the docks or whatever way out in the distance and like you see all this stuff and so visually identifiable and uh in in the direction you're going and i'm constantly stopping what i'm doing and just intrigue of every fucking direction the way it looks um the game is just fucking beautifully crafted uh just amazing i i got off my horse and i didn't even just like full-on stick forward run i was like walking down paths and stuff just kind of looking at all the trees and all the leaves and all the stuff um even the towns you go to this is a big surprise for me every every town you go to because you're you're in uh you know an island of japan that's being occupied by the mongols but there's still obviously japanese people there and when you go to towns it's full of people there's people all over the place doing all sorts of shit so you feel like you actually are fighting for people um they all talk to you and all you know like whoa fuck i don't know what we're gonna do blah 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 i can't believe there's a samurai blah 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 and um it, it creates this atmosphere that that feels beautiful and it one of the things that I think is interesting is just how beautiful the fucking island is. It feels like it's something worth fighting for. Mm. It's, it's interesting. The people, but also what you have, the culture, all that stuff. It's really fucking neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of gushing here. Well, I mean, I mean the only thing I can really even add to that is, is I, um, you know, I agree. Uh, it's really easy to like 
play a big open world game and just kind of like rush around trying to get to point A to point B as quick as you can. I honestly, I almost never use my horse at all in the game. I'm usually just walking everywhere just because I'm just taking it in as I go. And then, uh, you know, you'll go through these beautiful fields of just like grass and flowers and like you're in this huge appreciation of like what they've created there. And then you get this, this reminder of like, what they're going through because all of a sudden you'll run into like a bunch of like corpses all of a sudden that are just in yeah. the grass that that have been left there or a carriage that has been knocked over or you'll find someone that's like hung up on a post or something so it's it's kind of crazy because like you, you're sitting there just appreciating it like the beauty constantly and then you get these reminders every once in a while that it's, it's not all you know beautiful so um and i really like the game, the game is kind of dark in a lot of ways, yeah. which is interesting because it's obviously very vibrant and beautiful looking, but like they don't stray away from letting the idea of people invading anywhere, uh, regardless of age. Yeah, no, there, there's a mission <laughs> that, uh, a side quest that I was like, Whoa, that's dark. Yeah. Um, I read a review too that said there's, a, there's some dark side quests. And as soon as I played that one, I was like, Oh, this is what they're talking about. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, that's cool because it it really it makes you care about it. It makes mm-hmm. you um, see that there's stuff at stake here. It makes you empathize with the people who make some questionable decisions that they might regret forever. Um, and uh, yeah, I really like it. I really like that, that aspect that they that they're not, they're not afraid to go dark with it because um, it could easily just be a run the mill you know third person action game where you're. Just, the chosen one who's gonna you know take well, care of everything and in all fairness this game takes a lot of hints from so many other games when so like it's it's not really like in gameplay in fashion it's not like super unique in and it's just it took a lot of things that worked well in other games and it used them and i love it don't get me wrong I'm not like i don't have an issue with that um i just think it's interesting because it does it feels kind of like most ubisoft open world games mm-hmm. in a lot of ways um and a spattering of them, not just one specifically. Without Sucker Punch's philosophy on what they thought about before they started working on this game, any other game following this exact same format would not have been able to nail what they've nailed here because it does follow a lot of rudimentary things. Mm-hmm. There's encampments you got to take out. Once you take control of those, it opens up the map more for you, which is very typical of a lot of Ubisoft games. Uh, you know, the combat, I think it's very well done. It's a lot of games out there though, where you're like locking onto people and fighting them. Uh, the stealth I think is good. Um, it's not the best, but it's better than the average fucking game. I think stealth in a lot of games is shit. Um, and in that game, I play it like Splinter Cell. I'm like running, fucking taking people out and running to the next guy and being really sneaky. You can dive under houses. You can crawl under houses. The yeah, the, it has floors, all these tools like. to do stealth stuff that I really appreciate. A lot of cool stuff there. Yeah. Um, but the thing that this game differentiates itself from other games in that sense is there is uh, a love and respect for Japanese cinema. People keep saying Kurosawa, but there's so many directors and movies that have come out of Japan that this really uh is taken into consideration also um there's an essence of like um i mean it's a bit cliche but it's 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 definitely draws to something real but like um uh, a beauty to japanese culture and specifically samurai era culture of uh of um you know writing haikus and like taking mm-hmm. in the landscapes there's uh i any film uh buffs out there i i forgot the fucking japanese name for it but there's a name for uh scenes in japanese cinema but it's any cinema the french have this uh, name for two that i can't remember right now but it's where you let the scene kind of sit and this whole game has 
a lot of scenes that will just take its time and let it play out. It's actually something I follow in my you know, stupid videos I make too. Uh, you know, with visuals, stuff like that, I always like to let a scene just sit for a second so you can absorb it and live in it for a second. That's something that a lot, a lot of American movies don't do because mm. we go, 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 go. Right. But uh, I don't want to generalize because there are a lot of movies that don't do that as well. But um, it is something that's that's used quite a bit in a lot of uh, Japanese cinema. And they, they definitely are, I, I notice all the time in a lot of scenes, they'll let, they'll let something just kind of sit. Even in the gameplay, there's a lot of like, they almost expect you to stop and just hang out for a second. Mm. Um, and I do it all the time. I'll be in the middle of do something. I'll stop and look over. I'm like, what is that? I'm just like looking at it. And then I go into photo mode and I'm there for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, which we can talk about that in a sec. But like I said, there, there's this tone to the game that is unlike other games in the genre um, that allows this game to follow the standards of other games in the genre, but absolutely feel different. Um, cause I've, I've played all these games yeah. and I, and I love them. They're fun. This, this format's for me. I love far cry. I like assassin's creed, uh, this very Ubisoft style, uh, you know, gameplay. Um, I'm a fan of it's fun, but I get when people are like, well, they're just doing it again and again. I get it. Just don't play it. But this one, it just it just has a completely different feeling. I mean, even riding your horse feels different than a lot of open world games because a lot of a lot of open world games are trying to go for like this realism with horses, which I like um, for the immersion factor or whatever that they kind of move kind of like a boat or whatever. And this, your horse whips the fuck around in this really fluid motion. Like you'll be like I'm like zigzagging through trees and shit, just like riding really fast. There's just wind and leaves everywhere, and it has this visual style to it, and also has a control to it that I fucking love. Um, it's not the most realistic thing in the world, but that horse is a goddamn martial artist. That thing is like, I'm like, turn on a dime. And it's like, and it's like fucking <laughs> just flips around so easily. And, well, and you can fight from horseback too, yeah. which is helpful to be able to maneuver while you're fighting as well. And you have, um, I think most of the same tools while you're on the horse, mm -hmm. minus like, I don't think you're parrying up there, but you can even, and it's so simple, but it's got all these little things that I love. You can even leap off your horse in motion, and then as you're flying the air, fucking come down and slice someone. I've done it fucking so many times. I'll yeah. see some Mongols. I come fucking riding at them. And I leap <laughs> off and go, boom, and I just kill dude, and I start running, and then I get this running, like, dash fucking slash thing. I was like, the game's full of katana porn. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Constantly, I'm just, like, running through people, going, boom, boom. I'm like, oh, I love this. I mean, the game has a system uh, called standoff, mm -hmm. where, like, if you – because, you know, the samurais aren't, like – uh, sneaky essentially so like you go up to an encampment and you go hey someone fight me essentially and so they'll walk up and then you have you know your hand on the sword and then they rush you and you boom just cut yeah, through them and you like can movies. expand that and it's all these just very precise kill shots so yeah and it's at first it kind of felt like a gimmick as a mechanic uh, or as a visual thing to go oh that's cool you can do that but it, it allows you to play differently a lot of times. Do you want to be the honorable samurai or do you mm. want to allow to be the dishonorable ghost stealthy ninja type? For sure. And uh and it's cool too because it's not it's not even it's also a smart way, like if you're if you're looking at it and you're like, okay, there's like seven Mongols here. I can initiate a standoff and take out three of them in that. I feel confident I'm gonna be able to go boom, 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 and I'm dropping three of them, and then I can just fight the rest of them. And if you're just planning on going in guns blazing, that's kind of the way to do it. But um, even when you're stealthing around, um, if you, I don't know if you've encountered this yet, but if you kill most of the people in the base, 
and you're still sneaking around, it'll give you that standoff option. It's like uh, you'll like just stamp. You're like, all right, I'm here. And like they'll just run from the camp to you. Hmm. And then you can just fight them. So if you're kind of getting sick of stealth around, you're just like, I just want to clear this place out. I don't want to look for everybody anymore. You can just yell and then they'll come running for you. And the way he says it is like, you know, like he's a samurai. He's like, fucking come face me. Let's go. Yeah. And uh, it's like small systems like that that like not only thematically fit with, you know, the story and the, in the, the overall, you know, samurai thing. But, um, it's also a cool mechanic to go like, okay, I'm done stealth around. Let's just fucking get this over with. And then everyone shows up and you fight them and have like a showdown. Right. And it's fucking neat. So it does things that, that other games in the genre don't do. Yeah. For so cinematically, sure. It's gorgeous. The gameplay is fluid and plays well, but mm-hmm. I need to know one important question. What, and this is the most important question of all character customization it has a lot of um outfits can i have different weapons can i have different looks you have a katana it's your katana but it has skins that you can unlock and they do vary uh, quite a bit so all your weapons upgrade it seems at the point where i'm out in the game about five times a piece i think it's five um i can't remember four or five i don't remember uh you can put um uh modifiers on them essentially um, and then, uh, you can buy skins. So your, uh, uh, Tonto and your, uh, Katana and bow and something else. I think you can change those the way they look, but then, yeah, you also get outfits. They can all be upgraded. And I think they change the way they, they look as you upgrade, upgrade them. Yeah. And then you can buy different paint jobs for them. And then there's different head or helmets and hats you can put on, which are purely uh, cosmetic hats, are purely, purely cosmetic. cosmetic. And you can choose to have them, you know, not shown at all. Don't wear them or in cutscenes, keep them off. Oh, and masks. There's masks, which I fucking love. I have a gold headband right now with a black, like, you know, very samurai looking mask. And then um, I'm wearing the adventures outfit because I like that it opens up where you've been on the map more than if you don't have it on. Um, although the armor, I guess, gives you more armor, which makes sense. I haven't been using it. Yeah, it gives you more hit points as well. Yeah. And then I have a bunch of charms equipped that are for healing faster and having hit points. So Yeah, I, I have all stealth shit on. Yeah, not me. I play mostly <laughs> just action-y, but I like, uh, I like like running and fighting people and then dropping a fucking smoke bomb and just start taking dudes out. I love that you can be in the middle of a fucking fight, throw your smoke bomb down, it stuns people. Like, what the fuck? It's not very long either. There's like, whoa. And then you can, start just, you can either get the fuck out of there and go hide. Or you can start just like slicing people up and start doing assassinations in the smoke. And I fucking love that shit. So I'm just like, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Just like, it's it's very satisfying. Yeah, I didn't buy them. I bought the sticky bombs. And if a big guy runs at me, I just throw it at him. It hits him. They stumble. So it keeps them away from me for a moment. But also the concussion. Anyone next to them also stumbles. Oh, nice. So it just buys me time. Um, and then, yeah, if they're a smaller unit, like just the normal, like dudes with the swords, whatever, it usually just kills them. So, hmm. but yeah, I'll be in the middle of fighting. I'm like, <laughs> um, combat. I really like, um, it's simple and complicated at the same time. My one gripe with it. And I experienced it more than a couple times at this point, even in one-on-one combat is, uh, there's no button to lock onto people. If there is, let me know in the comments. I don't remember telling me anything about that. Um, but uh, your guy will automatically, de- depending on what direction you uh, face your character, will lock onto somebody. Sometimes it'll uh, stop locking onto them. It mostly happens when I'm fighting with just one person, though. But like in one fight, I'm like fighting this dude or whatever, and then all of a sudden I go to a move and he faces the opposite direction, swung that way, opposite of the guy, and the guy's ramp behind me and hit me. And I'm like, well, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, uh, but other than that, uh, combat is pretty straightforward. There's the stealth stuff. You go up behind them, you stab them. There's upgrades to be able to kill more than one person, which I fucking love. Um, I love the game allows you to just start off being able to jump off roofs and stab people. Um, that's a go-to move for me. Um, then normal combat is pretty much like, you know, locked on. You look at characters. It kind of sometimes in, in, in its idea reminds me of like Batman, but it doesn't have that system that almost feels like auto fighting like yeah. in Batman. It's just mm-hmm. when you're fighting this guy, you got to face him with your stick. And if there's someone behind you, if you just pull your stick to that direction. He'll look at that guy. Yeah. But other than that, it is, it is very controlled. It does feel like every swing you got to think about when you're swinging, um, when they, when they swing at you, you can dodge back, you can roll, uh, really fucking far. Um, you can parry, you can block. I never block. I hate blocking games. I don't like to let you hit me. Um, and, uh, but I like the parry cause when you do it, you kind of throw them forward. They're like, kind of like stumble past you. Yeah. And there's an add on to it. That'll, if you go parry swing, mm. you get an increased damage. So usually it'll just kill them. You go, yeah. boom, which I love. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah the com- the combat the combat's fun right, and and if you like if you like samurai shit it's, also it's four stances it's cool yeah there's four stances you can switch it to them um at any time which is nice uh, yeah, you just hold R two and then hit either X circle triangle or square I hesitate to make this comparison because people early on were like this game is a game like Sekiro I'm like no it's not gonna be like that at all um but Neo has a stance. Uh, stances you can change as well yeah and this game does something similar to that which i really like similar for sure it doesn't have the high low stance thing but there's four stances you just hold r2 and you're able to switch to one of the four stances they all have the strengths one's good against shields one's against good against just like infantry and yeah i would um, say the 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 initial stance is good against swords the second stance gets against shields and it's the stance where you hold the katana above your head like this yeah so um i don't have the other two yet so i don't know what they're for but i love that uh Oh, God, I, I love just the sword impacts because, like, if you like draw your sword back like this and stab forward, you can hit them; it'll take damage. But if you kill them, you like drive it through mm-hmm. them and then pull it out. Um, and there's so many times there's there's moments in fighting where somebody will like not die, but they're on the ground crawling, and you can walk up and just go stab through them. And uh, it's just it's just so you know what you want from like samurai cinema that kind of shit. But also. Uh... Those, those executions give you resolve, yeah. which is your resource in this game. Which is something we should talk about as well, yeah. yeah. So you don't have like health potions and stuff like that in this game. You have a system called resolve. So as your character is, is dying, you could spend some of your resolve to, to get back in the fight, essentially. Um, and you get that back by doing essentially like heroic deeds. So like uh, if you... You know, do a perfect parry, you get some resolve back. If you do an execution, uh, you get some resolve back. If you can kill everybody and no one sees you, you get EXP and so some resolve. So, like, um, the game rewards you for just, like, not even necessarily not being seen. If you don't get touched is what I meant to say. If you don't get hit in mm-hmm. combat, you get a little bit of free EXP for that. You, you're trying to do all these things in combat, though, to build your resolve so that you have a backup for your some of the moves that you use resolve. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, if you get downed in this game and you don't have the perk for it, you just lay there and people just come and start kicking you and then eventually finish you off. And yeah. when I first saw that, I was like, what the fuck? Get up or just kill me, dude. But then there's a move that if you have enough resolve, you can get back up Yeah. Um, after they down you. Um, and just like when you heal, I think it's kind of neat. You don't eat anything. You don't take a potion. You just literally kind of go like, 
and like hit yourself and like get Whatever. amped up. Ugh. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, and like he gets like kind of fucking. He just gets amped up in the middle of combat, yeah. and it kind of gives you a boost on your health and shit. So I kind of like that. And if you don't have the resolve, you can't do that. I think it just kind of fits into that, you know, samurai like warrior, like mm-hmm. you know, honor, you know, uh, type thing as well. So I, I don't know. I they, there's a lot of thought they put into the systems of the game, and it, yeah. like we've said, you know, earlier, even it's, though they're all borrowed, they mm-hmm. still feel like they were still tailored. It, it owns everything that it took from yeah. other people. It respectfully takes ideas from other people, but it doesn't it doesn't lazily take them. For sure. It goes, those are cool fun systems and it's going to work perfectly with our perfectly with our idea of how this game can be mm-hmm. realized. It's um, so Japanese. <laughs> for a western and it's company. It's a western company. It's so weird. This is such a Japanese principle of like taking something you really enjoy and really making it your own and developing it in a way that's just like astonishingly fits well into whatever situation you have for it. Well, the thing that's cool about this game too, like I, I always love watching, I, I view directors, I view uh, developers almost like bands. Uh, I'm weird like that. So I like watching their trajectory and their careers. Night dog has been a really interesting one to watch. Um, a lot of companies. So Some people can, do that in the anime. Uh, field too with the company production companies so, mm-hmm. so. yeah and that's that's how i am with i mean i i view all these people as like you know people with careers and how they go or whatever and sucker punch has always been a company i've always said is like you know really talented they're a AAA developer they make really expensive really good looking games but infamous never hit for me same and they always felt not immature in the sense of like they're for like dumb kids or something like that but they felt like you know fun punk fucking comic book style games or whatever mm-hmm. and it just wasn't for me but you know just like naughty dog started with like crash bandicoot went to jack and daxter um kill zone horizon zero dawn <laughs> well that's um um well i was just bring up another example yeah, of yeah, change yeah exactly yeah there. well kill zone is kind of gritty too though but horizon zero dawn is, is there there's this maturing that happens with some developers and i think like this is the first we're seeing of sucker punch you know, their past and how they built up their company. But um, I think this is their moment in their development of their games where they are starting to mature as a developer because this game takes a lot of the fun factor. This game is kind of gamey mm-hmm. and it's a fun fucking game to play. I mean, one of the upgrades is cutting through bamboo. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's always like little things to do that's that's really fun. But there's a fun factor this game that I, I've been saying recently that I'm kind of burnt out on AAA games. This game cured that. Um, I'm playing it. I'm, I'm fucking having fun. I'm not playing it for the immersion. I'm not playing it for, I am playing it for all those factors too, the storyline, stuff like that, but I'm also playing it because I'm enjoying the gameplay and I enjoy the gameplay. Obviously on other games that are AAA, but some of those games are trying to be so immersive and realistic and as cinematic as possible and pushing the limits of what games can do and the graphics and the mocap and all that shit that at their core, they're like a third person shooter. They can be, this feels like a really well-crafted AAA developed game, but also feels like a really fun, just video game too. For sure. Which I really appreciate. I'm like running around just having a fucking blast playing it. That's so nice. Um, you know, the, the horse doesn't take itself too serious. Like you can move around, whip around with that fucking thing, fight off of it, jump off of it. You do all these stealth uh, uh, maneuvers uh, and go right into normal combat. Uh, there's all these little mini games that you can, uh, get fucking buck naked and show off your goddamn samurai ass and get into a uh, hot spring. Um, reflect on moments of your past. Reflect on yeah. memories. You have to choose which one and he'll sit there and talk about it. The haiku thing was really neat. Uh, me and you did different haikus. We got different, different rewards. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, mm-hmm. which is very cool. And our, and your headband actually has the haiku that you wrote, it, yeah. which is really neat. Um, going back to the design, design too, the game doesn't have a traditional HUD. It has a map you look at. Uh, which is traditional, but like, There's and we've virtually no HUD. We've we've already talked about it because I've shown in the trailers, but experiencing it, um, the wind guides you, um, but also birds will fly by you and guide you to something. There's a cool fox dude who just kind of hangs out, and then you go up to him and he's like, "Hey, follow me." And he starts running, and you follow him, and then like he just kind of hangs out while you uh, do what you do at the end of wherever he's leading you to. And then you can pet him, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, I'm also surprised on the animations involved with him. He doesn't just run through fields. Like he's like running across a little like thin bridge or whatever. And there's like this rock side. He's like jumping up the rocks and shit. I had to follow him. We'll run straight lines sometimes either. He'll be like, yeah, he, he's going that way, but he'll go there and then over there. And I'm like, where are you going? So it feels like an animal. He's just running like yeah. going like, Hey, have you noticed this game's really good looking? Come over here. Check this tree out. No, I've seen it. No, no. Look at this one. No, you're right. That is a really good looking tree. Isn't it? <laughs> but hold on. Have you seen the flowers? Yeah. I'm looking at them right now. I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. But look at that one. That's a really good. Let's go. Let's go check out this water over here. It's really nice. <laughs> I'm like, I know, dude, I've been playing this game. It is good looking. I can't shit, get anywhere because I'm just following me. Go this way. Shit. Shit. He's still there. Go the other way. Fuck him. <laughs> Why is this guy following me? I'm trying to, he's trying to shake you. And finally get to what he's trying to hide. And he's like, God damn it, he found it. And then he pet him. He's like, what the fuck? He's touching me now. Don't touch yeah. me. Who is this guy? No, it is, it is really weird how like they managed to effectively. There's still some UI there, but it's pretty much gone. Yeah. Because um, even like you said, the lock-on system, there's no clear indication other than like you're just your posture towards someone. Um, Here's the ultimate question, though. Do you like it? I do. Yeah. yeah. So do I. Should it be um, in a samurai game? Mm, hard well, to sell. It's but here's the thing: it's an open world game, which no, I struggle. I, with. I don't mean the whole game. I'm right. talking about the design of no HUD using elements to guide you. For sure. Well, I, I was gonna say, um, I was a little worried, uh, specifically in the combat field, because I know a lot of people are kind of like going towards like making you know hard games right now because that's what a lot of people are into so you got your games like you know sekiro and you know pretty much any soulsborne game for that matter but neo even is like trying to make a hard experience um and though this game will punish you if you you aren't paying attention you can't hack and slash um it also allows you um to learn really well Mm -hmm. i think and and even death is not punished like you just respawn and continue your adventure right from where you died like you don't go back to town or anything like that so i think because the game is just trying to let you play and experience it i think the no hud thing um works really well for it as well because you're just you the game just wants you to live in it mm. period and um i i i think the wind uh specifically they did a good job with because it's only really obvious when you are going the wrong way you mm-hmm. get those huge white puffs going like to the right, and you're like, you turn, and all of a sudden, like the aggressive wind is gone, and you just kind of see some small particle effects in front of you going like this. So, um, th- they they spent a lot of time figuring it out, and you can tell. So, uh, even with the bird, I don't ever see them before I hear them, and as soon as I hear them, I look up, and all of a sudden, it's just like, yeah, right here. I'm like, yeah, I hear them too, typically yeah. before I see them. <laughs> so. Um, the wind thing is cool too, because like some of the leaves that I'm not even noticing, because I'm just kind of looking at everything as I'm playing. Uh, when I swipe up, which I want to talk about, um, 
those leaves actually get thrown by the wind that weren't existing before I hit the wind button. Um, so it's cool that there's just constant particle effects with physics that are mm-hmm. affected by it. They obviously built some kind of wind engine. Um, a lot of games are just going to have like a visual style of wind, but this is like, it's it plays such a, a role in your ability to find where you're going and just the visual aesthetic. It even is in the photo mode. You can manipulate it. And um, how fast it is. And yeah. Stuff, yeah. That shit can fucking really get going. Um, like hurricane force. <laughs> but uh, it's just it's just really neat. Um, I did want to talk about, though, that uh, this game really utilizes the whole controller. And I think it's really interesting that it, it does something that few games have done. The one I think is the best example is Warframe. Uh, some people don't use it. I do. Uh, you can swipe up, down, left, and right on the touchpad to essentially get four new buttons. Um, I thought that was so genius in Warframe, and I've been kind of upset uh, this whole generation of not seeing people really utilize it. And Ghost Tsushima is kind of the fucking, the final send-off of this era for PlayStation. It's the last, I would say, big AAA Sony game of PS4, which is kind of bittersweet. But I think it's a really good send-off. But it also fully utilizes... The Dual Shock mm-hmm. in every capacity it uses that swipe feature and the speaker, and, it, and, and it's really yeah. interesting. It's like I don't think they planned it that way, but that's how I interpret it when I'm like playing it and fully using every like thing that that controller can do. I'm like, this is like really fitting to be like the last big game of the PS4, um, and it actually has like you know you swipe up, swipe down, if you swipe left, you pull out like a little fucking wind instrument, start playing it. If you swipe down, you b- uh, bow. Um, if you swipe up, uh, that's the wind. And then I forgot what right is. I think that's putting your weapon away or pulling it out. Yeah. Unsheath sheath. Yeah. And then, you know, every other button on the controller does something. And a lot of the buttons do a lot of, there's a lot of buttons. You have to hold R2 to access fucking eight more things. And also it doesn't feel conventional, but once you play, it makes sense. The controls are their own. It's not following any of the game and it has no archetypical, uh, control scheme and at first you start playing and you're so used to playing every other game that exists you're like what the fuck why is r2 interact with things and why is it also uh let you access eight other like macros essentially um and then after a while you're like because there's no other way to fucking make this work yeah. and it works just fine you're just so used to playing every fps and fucking circle is your crouch button x is your jump button and you know, then you're playing this and you click in R3 to fucking crouch down. Luckily, I have two paddles on my controller, so I program those to other things, but um, which is nice. But um, but yeah, first you're just like, what the fuck? And then it, it just works really well. So I really like the way it's set up. I really, again, I want to emphasize, and it's a little late now, I'm glad that they added enough things that they could really fully utilize using the touchpad to its full capacity because that's something I've always thought was just such a neat idea to be able to add more buttons without having to physically add buttons to the controller. I mean, hell, the stealth mode, you have to click the pad in, so. Yeah. For the listening. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they really they really push that controller to its fucking limits on what it can do. It's crazy, um, which kind of adds to this isn't just it's not just a basic I mean, in, in principle, it's a basic third-person action game, open-world game, but the amount of things it allows in your tool belt to do um, really makes you be able to play how you want to play it, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Every time you go to any encounter, you can 
stealth in or just literally walk in, start swinging, or literally walk up and just announce that you're here. Hi, I'm here. And then they get ready to fight you, and you got to... Honestly, I usually start off my fights by finding the archers and shooting them. And then while people are rushing at me, I'm like, okay, finish getting the archers. Okay, time to fight these guys. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'll be in the middle of a fight, like slice people with a sword, and then I'll see an archer, and I just go, and I shoot them, and I start keep fighting and shit. <laughs> so my FPS... Uh, Muscle memory kicks in on that. Also, like if I'm getting in trouble, I'll just throw kunai real quick. Which are way more lethal than I thought they'd be. Yeah, they'll kill. They'll kill. Yeah, a lot of times <laughs> you'll hit one time and it kind of breaks their block. They're like, whoa, and they get staggered. And then you throw them again and they go, and they just like die. Cause, and it's awesome because you feel like a fucking ninja. Mm. Um, it's also nice just when you're like samurai fighting. And you're like, pop, pop, pop. And they go, and throw a fucking kunai and kill them. And it's just like, just drops them. It's, yeah. I don't know. It, feel, it feels satisfying. Yeah, it always feels good, it, with the exception of the game does have the occasional bug. So, I mean, like... Yeah. Uh, it's not as buggy as the videos I saw before the game came out, but it, yeah. but it is buggy. There's some bugs. It's not it's not Wolson, but it's... No, <laughs> no but, it's not. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to... Don't get me twisted on this. Fucking, it's not, <laughs> it's not fucked up. There's just a couple things. Yeah. The lock-on, these are all things that could easily be fixed too. Mm -hmm. The lock-on needs to just work most of the time. It needs to be like autofocus on a Sony camera. Photographers, if you're watching, you know what I'm saying. Um, there's no, everybody's like, what are you talking about? Fucking, it just needs <laughs> the fucking lock. It needs to work. You need to be able to like go, it's going to work every time. Yeah. Um, but also bears. Have you seen bears yeah. in the fucking game? First off, they're really weak, which is weird. I've I've n I've not had to actually like get into conflict with them. They're always dead when I get to them because oh, the I've... Mongols are fighting them. They kill Mongols all my whole time. I'll see like three Mongols fighting them, and by the time I get there, the bear's just chewing on them, and I just go. Yeah, there's usually two the dead Mongols, a bear, and then another Mongol wandering off as if nothing happened. <laughs> it's scary too. I'll be like riding by, and I just hear out in the distance people going like, Wah! and I'm like. What the fuck? I hear. I'm like, oh, it's a bear. It's, they're always just the spring. pigs are worse for me. I've never fought one. They always. I assume they're pissed off because I'll ride by until and until you hurt them, it goes dong, and like I look over and it's like building up a bar. They just like they're gonna like start walking at you at first, and I'm like, what do you want? And they get close enough, like, and they'll charge. Oh, but if you kill one, the rest go bye. They just run. <laughs> I'm always riding my horse. I'm I'm going like seventy miles per hour just through a field. Oh, see, I'm and, always on and foot. I'm just out there, just honking my horn and shit, and fucking it'll go bong, and like I see the little bars building up, like they're spotting me, and I look over, and the pig's just fucking wah, wah, just bitching. I'm still cruising by. I'm like, are you guys? Do you guys attack? And I'm just like, I just they have to get business. close enough. Yeah, I never fought one yet, but the bears, fucking. They're just like walking through the woods, they look at me, start running. I shoot them in the face, and they die one arrow every time. Um, to the body, it's like three shots. And then uh, the thing, the, the the bug aspect, the two bugs I've seen in the game, which is pretty good if we're talking about bugs in a game that will completely destroy a game. fucking game, an open world game. <laughs> it's the the it's the auto lock on the characters, which is not even that bad. Just sometimes it doesn't do it um, correctly. But the bears will get in this weird loop of running back and forth. Specifically in forests, I'll go to fight a bear. I'll like shoot it with an arrow and goes and it starts running back and forth between two trees and just keeps turning and going. Oh, weird. It's and like I'm just like sitting there. I'm just like, uh, it's pathing is getting confused. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. It does. Yeah. I, it's, it's gotta be the trees. It doesn't do it in fields. Yeah. Um, weird. So it needs to learn to like take a right and get around that tree because it just starts going. I don't, and I've seen it four times. 
I've also it's only a carnival seen, game. I've only yeah, it's what it kind of feels like. I feel like I'm just like sitting there at a, a shooting, whatever the fuck they're called. Like I'm just sitting there with my bow, going, "I'm not getting near you." Um, two bugs myself, because they'll smack you and you go flying. Yeah, I've watched them just destroy Mongols before, but I watched at a different a distance, and I watched a Mongol just fly like fucking 15 feet in the air, and I was like, "All right." <laughs> I'm not getting near that thing. I also got hit by a dude one time though, and went like 15 feet in the air, which I was like, "That guy is too strong." Is it the people with the ball staff? No, or? but it was one of the, like the like generals of a encampment mm. that was like super armored. Yeah, but I he was... went like boom up uppercutted me with something, and I went whew, just flying. I was like, "Okay, that's a little high." <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't die from falling. Um, yeah, I, I run into two pretty minor bugs myself. Uh, one, I went to do a standoff, and I was inside the encampment, and it we were close to a wall, and it just put us outside the encampment all of a sudden, and we were having a standoff there, and I had to run all the way back around to get back in. I was like, God damn it. And then uh, also in an encampment, there was a guy in a watch, a lookout tower or whatever, and he went to come down the ladder, and he was just doing this. like, And he wasn't on the ladder. He was just bouncing in the air like hmm. this. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, it's just bound to happen. Specifically yeah. in open world. I mean, we talk about time, but open world games, you know, they're they're hard. Yeah, everyone to... knows the flying horses. So yeah, Red Dead. Wow, <laughs> there's a lot of weird things that happen in Red Dead beyond <laughs> just flying horses. Like there's some like cryptozoology type shit, like Donkey Lady and shit. It's really fucking the flying weird. man. The yeah, the bird. Like you can literally look up like Red Dead, fucking Redemption, and goddamn, there's like like. Uh, on the dark web fucking websites talking about what's been witnessed in that game and like myths and legends of fucking the flying dutchman and all this weird some people saw, said they saw bigfoot but there's no way to confirm it or ghosts and all the shit i'm like the fuck so i would say this game is less buggy so yeah. far than that so <laughs> then then a lot of games that yeah. are they're big and way less buggy than wilson yeah it's easy to do that game's super buggy um Fuck, there's something else I was going to talk about. Oh, I forgot. The only thing you haven't really talked about was photo mode. So. Photo mode is really cool. Uh, you literally, it's it's nice too. You can access it just by hitting right on the D-pad. So it's not go to the pause menu. You just You can start up instantly. You can literally go hit somebody, hit that button, yeah, and really? fucking start up the photo mode instantly. Yeah, literally just pause it. It doesn't pause the environment, but it pauses the game. Yeah. And the, instantly gives you the UI for pictures. Yeah. And... Um, it's it's really robust, which which is nice. Uh, people keep talking it up. I think it's I think it's pretty good. Um, it is definitely one of the better photo modes I've used. Um, probably I can't think of a better one, honestly. But uh, it's a bit like all Sony games, man. That's like their thing. Here, put a photo. Well, mode people in start it. complaining if you don't have one now. Yeah. So people go, it's got photo mode. Yeah. Um, which is cool because a game like this just begs for a photo mode. Um, you know, it's it's got uh all sorts of focal lengths. It's got um. You can you can mess with your exposure composition, but it's not like real exposure composition. It's just brightness, and uh, you can turn it up and down. Um, it doesn't really affect the properties of the picture, um, but it's neat. Uh, you can turn on the animations or turn them off, so you can have a picture moving, all the cloth and the and the grass and stuff, and you can kind of just take a picture from that, or um, uh, you can pause it if you find the you know the way you want your picture to be. Um, there's video modes, which I think is really neat and really underutilized. Um, a lot of people take the pictures, which is cool. And some people will take a still picture and record it with the grass moving. But this game has this whole thing that's set up where you can literally have your camera moving around. And I'm not saying this to be like, oh, I did and no one else did. But I literally have not seen anyone else do it. 
I haven't seen a reviewer do it. I haven't seen a fucking person on Twitter. Literally, Arx Gaming was like, show me your pictures. And people were posting their pictures or whatever. And some people were like, I don't take pictures. I make clips. And they like fucking had a picture of a dude just standing there and the background's moving. And I'm like, does nobody know you can make the camera move in these fucking uh, segments? Like you can have these really cool like camera fucking moving out and zooming around. Like I've done a couple of videos where like, there's like dead guys on the ground. I had the uh, camera start at his eyes and then it rolls back. And in the background shows my guy jumping off in the distance. And then it kind of flips around. You see all the dead guys on the ground. And then it comes around to the front of him. I haven't seen anybody do that. And I'm like, it's such a cool fucking feature. So it's neat that the photo mode has like a videographer mode in it as well. Like that alone. I'm like, that's really cool. Mm. It has tools as well where you can change the time of day. You can change the wind. Those are things I try and stay away from because it kind of defeats my philosophical view on photography. I like to try and capture moments, not craft moments. Um, but there's no right or wrong way to do that. Anyone who uses them, I'm not going, well, you're not doing it correctly. I just, I don't like to use it. But I have used it before to get like the right lighting on his face. I'm trying to do like a portrait, just like in real life, I'd set up lights or whatever. But um, but it's it's really neat, really robust, and that game is just constantly going. Take a picture, take a picture. <laughs> Isn't that look good looking? Hey, look how cool that looked when you killed that guy. Look at that sunset. Look at these trees. That's a fucking field full of white flowers blowing in the wind, and a one single tree right in the center of it that looks picturesque and beautiful. Perfect for a photo. Or like climbing to the top of a hill and there being one red uh, leaf tree at the top. You yeah. Know? Yeah. With a little, you get, and you could take, they take totally crafted that. And there'll be a little mat there with a little cup, you know, so you, your character, you know, would ideally sit there under the Everything. tree. Everything. Dude, yeah. constantly. I'm always like, photo? And I stop and I go into the photo <laughs> thing. And then 40 minutes later, I'm like, I'm never going to beat this game ever. <laughs> um,. I literally was like, I gotta go. I gotta go kill all these Mongols in this uh, camp, and like I'm running at it, and I'm and I see them, and I'm watching them, and I'm sneaking up, and then I like looked over to my left, and there's just it was nighttime, high contrast, tree line. You see the trees, pure black, but behind it, you see a field of like flowing grass, and the moon was perfectly between the trees, with this cool light contrast coming through the tree cracks into this grass that's moving in the wind, and I just like looked. I was like. Hmm. And I just like slowly walked over there, <laughs> forgot the Mongols instantly, went into photo mode and started fucking around. And I'm like, this is really neat looking. And then after I beat that same fucking place, there's there's nothing over there too. There's no reason for me to be over there. I walked over and there's all these little like Buddhist little shrine temple things with little heads and stuff and this torch right next to them. And the lighting was perfect on their little fucking faces and the back of their heads were all dark. So you had this really cool lighting thing going on. And in the background, there's trees that are slightly moving or whatever. had a really cool picturesque look to it and it was just there it was just part of the whole design of the area and i was like that's really cool looking and so i sat there and took a fucking picture or video but i make clips but um <laughs> there's this one guy on twitter this particularly was like i don't waste time doing photos i make clips and he had a picture that was moving and i'm like let me, let me shove my glasses like every, everybody everybody can make those motherfucker <laughs> you're not just like me going like, why aren't people doing that? I'm not going, well, I make those. I'm just like, fucking make some. They're awesome. It's cool that you can even do it. Um, there's so there's so many. This game just begs to be looked at and absorbed and wants you to take its picture. Mm. It's your show. It is my <laughs> wife, yes. <laughs> um, just begs to have pictures taken of it. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh I feel like there's more to talk about here. Um, 
story dialogue some people are upset that the japanese dub doesn't sync to lips but that's an after added thing so i don't think it's that big a deal people don't realize that like it was it's literally it's, the other way around it's now. a western made <laughs> game in english just like if a japanese game was made in japanese comes over here the dubbing might be off in english it's a weird thing they did here here's what i will say the english voice actors they come off as japanese or mongolian well, they they had japanese actors playing well that's my whole point like yeah. they, they sound great in english yeah they're all good actors so Some like people kind of said that the main character is boring i like him i will say i think he's totally fitting for, yeah. especially when you start getting flashbacks of him yeah. in his life or whatever i don't well, get he's, that, he's but... a fucking samurai he's not gonna be like fucking this charming Whoa! dude yeah he's yeah. gonna be like hey how's it going he's not nathan drake he's yeah. not gonna be like I don't know, Sully. We're going to have to go in and shoot the Nazis and get that treasure. So fucking, I don't know, kid. Let's go. Get, like, there's nothing like that. He's, he's a, a fucking he's a, samurai. And a, and a leader. Yeah. Or the head of his clan or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, I love him. Uh, I love everyone's voice actors so far. I haven't run into one voice where I was like, oh, that sounds awful. I'm like, man, this game just, fe- like, they, they cared. It's the whole time I'm playing, I just feel like they cared the whole time. Everything. So. Yeah. It doesn't. Nothing feels lazy or wasted. Mm. Um, I have my own problems, but they, those exist in every open world game. Which is, I can't seem to just play the damn game. I go, I'm gonna hang out over there now. Did you do the side quest where there's like an imposter? Yes, that one was funny. Yes, I also like that some of the quests give you choices in how to handle the ending of them, um, especially with the other side quest. At night in the forest. Did you do that one? What is it? I murdered everybody. It was... Uh, As you would. I guess it doesn't spoil anything to say the beginning of the quest. The beginning of the quest was um, solving uh, a ghost samurai out in the forest. I haven't done that. Shoot okay. That's good. Yeah, that's what I would do. And if it doesn't work, <laughs> move on from there. But if it does work, you're done. Um, so it's mine. Well. <laughs> well, that, that didn't work. That one at the what end. Next? There's there's an option you get to have as well, so and it's really interesting because once again you can either be more like a samurai or more like the ghost. So Scooby Two mystery, pull the mask of the samurai ghost. Iyasu Tokugawa. Well, it's it's funny when you start it because it kind of comes off as that because people are like you can't go in the forest. The the ghost of an angry samurai, blah, blah blah type of thing, and he comes out. He's like a bard almost, or like sitting at a campfire in front of this forest, telling the story. And your guy's like, "Ghosts don't need swords." That doesn't make sense. Like, so your guy's just like, I, "I'll go look." <laughs> Essentially, he's I just, think I initiated that one, but didn't yeah. do it because I remember him talking. Pure. There's an area where they're like, "There's a lot of ghosts over," and blah blah blah, and he's like ghosts and like yeah they've been hacking people up he's like spirits when need weapons yeah exactly he's yeah, like instantly it. just skeptical yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> no the imposter one's funny though just because like that guy just like you're hearing everybody's like oh yeah he's great blah blah blah, blah. then he shows up and instantly you're just like hey and he's like oh you're welcome here he's like okay and he starts you start asking the guy questions he's like uh we'll talk about later and your guys just go like, take a bath and so yeah. your guy's just like bullshit i want to <laughs> see his horse and then you walk out there and you're like this isn't a fucking samurai. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm out of here. Like I'm, I've been busted. There's a real samurai in my house right now. Um, now there, there's, there's some cool side quests, uh, storyline wise story so far. I think it's serviceable. I like it. Um, yeah. Without going into any details. Although the weakest point in the game, honestly, right now. Yeah. It's, and it could get way better. Could, 
but yeah. it, it just pretty much exists to get the story going of mm-hmm. get the Mongols. Yeah, out it's here. not bad. It's just yeah. it is expected pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's still good though. It's yeah. just nothing like fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I did like the intro though. I thought it was really neat yes. uh, the way it was set up. Um, that. The intro title, the title was yeah. just like I literally paused the game after it happened, walked out and talked to you. I was like, "Did you see that?" <laughs> so you guys like, burns like music starts up, shit, do do do, and just like you're just going through that fucking field, and it's just like perfect perfection. Yeah. I love it. The build up took forever, and then that happens. You're like, I'm in it, dude. I'm playing this. Um, it's really good. Uh, there was a field I went into. No mission was happening. And as soon as I entered that that field from this forest, and I looked at it, I was naturally drawn to it like a fucking moth to a flame. I was just like, <laughs> ran through the forest at night. I looked over, and I saw a lot of white. And I was like, is that just like really bright over there? And as I got closer, it was just a field of like white flowers and, and a tree. And like as soon as I got out there, it was just gorgeous. And I just went out there. As soon as I went out there, the music swelled, and the music just got crazy. And I was like, holy shit, nothing's happening. This is amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the moon I, presence. It's bloodborne all over again. Yeah, pretty much. Um, oh, yeah. It, so voice acting you're fine with and uh, story. Uh, I saw I saw on Twitter. I don't want to get into it too into it, but <laughs> I saw I saw some people and they're like, I don't know what the big deal is. They're like, I, I think it's actually kind of cringy that uh, that, you know, it's all these American samurai movie tropes in this game. I'm just like, first off, what American samurai movies are you talking about specifically? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Is there a lot of American Samurai movies? The Last Samurai. Yeah, there's one. And what was that 47 Runner, what the fuck is called? Oh, With yes. Keanu Reeves or the hell? Reeves. I don't remember what the hell it's called. Yeah. So two? What in those movies is in this game that's not in Japanese cinema? Because I've watched a lot of Japanese cinema. There's a lot of parallels. Also spoil- in their movies and in this game. Also, spoiler alert, they're... Uh... Their biggest uh, publication over the Famitsu or whatever. I'm pretty sure it's the biggest. But anyways, it's one of like four Western games they've given a perfect score to. Yeah. So obviously they liked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this just came off as like needlessly gatekeeping and pretentious. I don't use that word. I don't use that word lightly because um, I think it's a kind of stupid word. But it was just so stupid to read people going like. It's kind of cringy the dialogue and and it's just so cliche and like an american samurai movie and i was like that's such a weird statement to make like if you don't like the game that's fine but it's not kill bill you don't watch a lot of <laughs> japanese you don't watch a lot of japanese movies if you think this is taking after american samurai movies whatever those are because i can point to so many movies that do everything this game's doing from japan made by japanese directors and japanese production companies and it's just, it's such a weird statement. Like yeah. if you're gonna attack the game, just go. I don't like I don't like third person action games in open worlds. Cool. I yeah. What it. what can I say to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, or just go. I think the story's fucking boring. What am I gonna say to you? But if you're gonna say some weird bullshit like that, and there's like fucking a bunch of people just kind of like in this thread, just like all just kind of repeating the same point without bringing up actual metrics of this. And I was reading, I was like, what the fuck? But that's every game. Every game comes out, and and some people are just. They hadn't even played it. Like fuck that game. Yeah. So and you can tell these people just have not played. One of them, of course, is like, "I watched a video and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Okay." Um. So yeah, just want to mention that because 
I asked you, you know, what you thought of like the dialogue and stuff like that, and something that they were like, "Well, it's just really cl- cliche." We're we're both really liking it. Yeah. And not that it matters that much or adds any more validity. I'm not trying to like be like, "Well, my team says this," but everyone I've talked to so far has been liking it. Um, as of recording this, not to put too much weight on Metacritic, but the user score is 92. Yeah. So. Well, there's there there is no like Last of Us Part Two division with this game and of course i want to be very clear about this if you don't like this game which I, i'm not even trying to find the people who dislike it this isn't really a discussion that's being that's happening right now but uh if you don't like this game that's awesome that's fine yeah no, whatever um i'm very much into like just like the whole last of us part two thing people who don't like it and the people who do like it are like they're the bad guys bad people Ooh. don't like this game like no you're fucking stupid they just don't like the game <laughs> that's fine you are entitled to your opinions exactly exactly yeah. but I, I do like debate, and when you bring up a point that's really lame, like, it's like American Samurai movies. No, it's not. You can, <laughs> and you can't prove that. I'd love for you to prove that to me. You can't. Um, so anyway. say, I, I, there's been plenty of, like, big popular games uh, that have come out that I've, on the show, been like, ah, I'm not really into that game. So Sure. It's the beauty of conversation, but more specifically and importantly, this channel. That's what we do here. Um, but yeah, overall, just to kind of close this up, because we should move the show on. We yes. can sit here and talk about this forever. <laughs> um, I'm really enjoying the game. I like it a lot. Um, it does have some faults. Um, it's not the most amazing thing, best thing ever, but it is better than I was hoping for, which is awesome. Because I already had high hopes for this game. I was like, this game is going to be awesome. And I'm playing it now. I'm like, it's better than I thought it was going to be, which is great. I the, I'll echo that part 100% because I've, been just like lightly following this game mm. that's it i was just like it's a samurai game I'm probably gonna buy it yeah and i'll sure. find enjoyment out of it right yep. and then i played it and i was like whoa okay <laughs> well most games i buy i'm typically in the ballpark of what i assume i'm yeah. gonna feel it's very rare that i'm like whoa okay yeah it's either way sometimes I play a game I'm like whoa okay fuck yeah. i didn't i didn't know it's gonna be this bad um yeah, for sure that you know that doesn't happen very often so you know if i if i go to buy any game and i play it i'm normally like yeah this is about you know i buy doom eternal I'm like yeah this is doom uh, this is what i wanted this is awesome for sure. or like you know any any game really um but this game i was like that game's gonna be dope and then i played i'm like they cared more about this game than I thought they were gonna, mm. and it really shows. It's awesome. They really, they really wanted to craft a cool game, and they did it. So I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait to play it more. Uh, it's been really hard. I've had to take breaks from this game. I'll play it like all day, all day Saturday. I just sat down and just played it. I smelled like that's all I did too. Fucking, I was like, <laughs> I gotta shower. I gotta fucking, I gotta get away from this game. Um, it's been hot. Um, it has been hot. My room was hot as hell, but um. Yeah, every once in a while I'm like, I, I should go play Hunt. I love Hunt too. I'll go do that. That's something that can pull me away from this game. Um, and then I have a heart attack playing that. Um, and then I'm like, I'm gonna go play Ghost Tsushima. That's a lot more chill. Um, <laughs> it's a trade off. It's like it's like fucking balance. I have to I have to do both. Um, but yeah, really good. Really enjoying it. And uh, that's what I've been playing. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just gonna, you know, essentially, and you know, my opinion on it with like. Uh, which is a loose recommendation, which is just like, it's if you like third person action, open world games, it's a solid uh, entry into that, that field. Um, though if you are into Samurai stuff at all, this game completely romanticizes the shit out of it. And it's just a treat. So 
Mm. Yeah, unless, unless you have this idea of something, and this is American Samurai movies to you, which is not a real thing. Um, it, yeah, if you're if you like Samurai anything, if you played Way of the Samurai back in the day, that's one thing too I want to mention as well. This is the first time I played like a AAA Samurai game and then nailed it because yeah. I used to play like you know Way of the Samurai one, two, three, all that shit back in the day. All great games, but they're not like. So superior in the way they're made you know they're they're they work yeah but I mean, uh, Neo, but yeah yeah i guess it's still it's it's neo is not like triple a in the same it is triple a technically but it's not in the sense of like being like a last of us yeah uh final fantasy 7 like you know just big fucking huge game um neo is though i, I that's a difficult one but uh it's also Soulsborne too, so I don't know. It's, well, it's hard for me to. Neo embraces the uh, um, supernatural and stuff like that. Aspects. Well, that's my thing too, because yeah. Onimusha technically, when it came out, was a AAA samurai game, but yeah. not for me because it's it's Resident Evil with samurai. Yeah, yeah. Um, As for this, is more like a grounded samurai experience. Where, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like way the samurai. It's yeah. but it just has the fucking budget what without the Afro team. guy. To fully commit. Huh? Way the Samurai? I love those what games. What an odd game. I played that game. I have the original and I've played yeah. it. I, I love, love it, game. but it's odd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's weird. It's a Japanese game made with Samurai and fucking that game takes after American Samurai movies as well. Especially the Afro guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that shit's authentic. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to finish up this segment, I've played Final Fantasy fourteen. We talked about that an hour ago. Um, yeah. This episode is just talking about Ghost of Shima. Cleared the raid. That was fun. Uh, been prepping for next week's raid, and that's about it because I am, I've am i been playing Ghost of Sushi. Sh- sh- I can't say it this week either. Sushi Man. Um, yeah, I've been saying Ghost of Sushi. <laughs> Spirit of Sushi. Um. <laughs> So that's been keep, that's been keeping me preoccupied. Played a little bit of Dragon Quest Builders too. I can't talk about it, but um, like you brought up earlier, enough to get the multiplayer, which was like two solid days of playing. Uh, I played a little bit of NBA Two K Twenty. Can't talk about that either. Come you back did later play in the month. I did. Um, <clears throat> I have some opinions on it. And buy a bucket. Bum 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 bum. Hey, so I've played. He's on fire. There you go. All right. That's what I needed. I needed to be validated. Is there anything in plan? That's it. Yeah. Wow, fucking that was that was quick and easy. I we, do have one. We one huh? I have one more to add. Okay, I thought about it. I, it's quick. I played Warframe on the PC. Oh, the first nice. time in years. It yeah. is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it's so pretty. Yeah, it, it's upsetting because I have all my shit on PS4, and I'm like, let me transfer it, please. Just let me transfer it over to PC. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, you got my money. Just fucking put it over there because visually it looks so much better. It's a huge difference. It's a little bit of a stretch on the fingers to control everything and kind of a shift c- control, shift control back and forth to do the, the sprint jumping, but you know. Yeah. You gotta change buttons. Go just plug in a controller. You can do that too. <sighs> I'm gonna play on a PC I'm with that mouse <laughs> aiming. I'm gonna control <laughs> it. 
You're fucking. Do half and half. <laughs> Just do your movement over here. We're going to have an aneurysm if we keep this up. <laughs> Blasphemy. Watch people do that in arcade units for Tekken. Bring in a PlayStation controller, plug it in for movement, and use the buttons for attacking. It was weird. Those guys need hobbies. That's that, not that, that is their That's hobby. That. <laughs> Sit around, how can I be the best? Well, the controller's not enough, and the arcade unit's not enough. Let's Let's get creative here. Mix them up. If I was at the arcade and I was playing a fighting game and some motherfucker came and he's like, oh, I'm next, and he plugs his controller in and puts one hand on one and the other, I'm like, I'm out of here. Somebody else can have my turn. <laughs> this there, guy's about to wreck There's me. no fight that's about to happen. <laughs> this guy's going to be bored for the next minute. He's just gambling for that chance to find competition. Yeah, he's the Musashi of fucking the arcade. <laughs> Who can beat me? I gotta retire because I no one can defeat me. I'm taking too many lives. Uh, um, so that's everything. That's it. See, if we didn't talk about Ghost of Tsushima, that would have been like 20 minutes, which would have been the fastest what we've been playing ever. But that doesn't happen around here. So let us know in the comments. Uh, what have you been playing? Have you been playing Ghost of Tsushima? What do you think of it? Uh, please, no spoilers. Although we just talked about a lot of gameplay storyline wise. Don't don't say what happens. But let us know your general thoughts on what you're thinking of it. What things do you like? What things don't you like? Have you run into any weird bugs? Uh, anybody who's not quite into the game, let me know what you think of it as well. Um, name off some American samurai movies. I need at least 20 to start taking it serious. Um, <laughs> Because then there's no standard. Uh, it's statistically uh, irrelevant. Um, and yeah, uh, what games are you playing that you're liking? What games would you uh, recommend us play? And uh, is there any games that have been overshadowed by Ghost of Tsushima that have released this week? We just did the... Mario. Yeah, that's true. I, I do want to play that. Um, <laughs> see, that that's legit. I'm glad I asked that question because that's a game I do want to fucking check out. Um, if you played that, let us know. And uh, let us know everything you're thinking about in the comments below. So we are going to watch a video. It's 25 minutes long. I did not plan this well. Um, <laughs> I knew we were going to talk. I didn't know we were going to talk that long. Um, and it is the PlayStation 5 hands-on with the DualSense PS5 controller. This was done uh, by, I was going to say, through Jeff Keighley. I guess that's not inaccurate. Uh, <laughs> it's done through the Game Awards, which is Jeff Keighley's thing. Uh, that's his baby. He's, yeah. And uh, he got his hands on the DualSense PS5 controller, and he played uh, it's funny because he plays a PS5 game in this as well, and it doesn't get the same kind of. Obviously, people want to hear about the controller, but uh, it's kind of cool. We're going to be able to see you know PS5 game be played, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, he's going to give his impressions. It's 24 uh, minutes, so uh, yeah. Before we get into that, anything you guys want to say before we watch the video and react to it and talk about our thoughts on it? I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw on Twitter that they've already uh, have a plan for color schemes for the controller. So. Oh, I bet. One of them they showed off was pink. Cool. So was, I like pink. So instead of I black like, and white, it was pink and white. Look at me. So, mm. um, that's pretty cool. I also, maybe this is Tasty Tuesday territory. Uh, Sony fucking called their own bluff, and when they were like, "We're gonna make less PS fives because we don't know if people are gonna buy them or not." Uh, there's like psych, and there's like we're actually making, I think like two million more than they originally were saying they're gonna make. They're upping demand because they don't think they're going to be able to match what people are going to be. Able to. Yeah. 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 So. yeah I, I also saw that it's one per household now <laughs> or customer, one per customer. Okay. I'll say how the fuck. No, no, one per customer. Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
which is scary to me because I'm like, I want one. Everybody hold off. Let me pre-order mine and then you can get yours. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Us first. I guess the thing's also 10 pounds. Jesus. It's the second heaviest uh, console behind the PS3. That one's pretty beefy. PS3 was a fucking brick. Like, I'm, I guarantee people have been killed with it. <laughs> <laughs> if I was in a room and a guy came in to attack me, the first thing I would grab as a weapon it would be the PS3. The original PS3, not the newer ones. I have the original one out there right now. That's not Matt? The shiny one? Mm, might be Matt. Yeah, the original one, I had the original one. I was fucking had that shiny, glossy. Oh, yeah, with the one that had the two processors in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that thing was like fucking heavier than 10 pounds. Probably good, hefty 30 pounds. And fucking, if you lift that thing with all your might and just let gravity do its work on someone's head, they're done. It's going to weld a hand with the side of it, do kettlebell lifts all day. It'd be worth it. I mean, if you're not playing it, might as well get some use out of it. Strap it to your chest and go for jogs. Put in one of like baby Bjorn thing on your chest. Just you get two, one for the back as well. Keep that weight balanced. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to be breaking your back. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, PS5 is going to be really heavy. It's very, it's a big boy. It's a good thing I don't make a habit of like you know lifting my console after I set it down. Yeah, once it's on the table, I'm done. I, I might <laughs> dust it off every once in a while, but I don't move them very often. So, um, anything you guys want to say on this before we go into it? I already did. Yeah, I know. I'm putting it out there again unless Chris has something to say. Looks like he was trying to see something. <laughs> He's just I'm very, blind. Very expressive. I don't know how to. I don't know how to tell you guys, but in the last five seconds, I've become blind. <laughs> I accepted it in a nanosecond. I start calling him blinking. Huh? <laughs> and something that has to do with being deaf. Um, all right. You got the video ready, Chris? Yeah. All right. So we're going to start it in three, two, one, and go. This is it. Yeah, I think it's huge. I love it. This right here is the PlayStation 5 DualSense. Yes, it's powered up because we are going to go hands-on with the PlayStation 5. Hey guys, it's Jeff Keeley, and this is a special summer game fest stream. Really a special year for all of us new consoles are coming out. And a lot of people have wondered what PlayStation 5 is going to play like. Um, a big part of that is the controller and the experience of playing games, especially because this controller is a little different than the traditional DualShock. And I've got that here, my, my PS4 Pro DualShock. This is a form factor that really has been around since the original PlayStation um, in you know various different kind forms. Of. There weren't analog sticks back then. But the DualSense introduces a couple new innovations. Uh, and having played it here for a couple of hours, I'll kind of summarize those for you before we get into some gameplay. Um, the big things that I've noticed are the adaptive triggers, um, the L2 and R2. So outside of the game environment, you just kind of pull these down like any controller. But when you're in a game, there's actually the possibility to create tension points or haptics inside of these adaptive triggers. So imagine pulling this down and feeling the pressure from a bow and, the, and a bow and arrow. Or even in an action game, um, pulling this down and feeling active reload points where designers can actually 
create tension points as you pull this down at certain percentages. Um, the audio in the player feedback. Right. So, yeah, I hear that too. That's Weird. a unique sensation that is going to have a pretty big impact, I think, longer term on um, gameplay. Live, the other thing yeah. inside of this controller are the haptics. So He's doing it from his house. PlayStation set up that well. All those cameras great. Um, for quite some time, but. The haptics add another the controller blocking the microphone, so sort of especially because of like all the. So it's I not hate to even say this, but like every time you see all the live the Xbox stuff in people's homes um, and the devs, we'll like at these demo, little web cams, essentially, um, mm -hmm. he's definitely using like a real camera. Yeah. See what ice feels like, what sand feels like, and different surfaces. Yeah, it's not fake. The other thing that I've noticed is that the speaker in the Dual Sense. Um, it feels like it has much more range than the PlayStation 4 speaker, and it often directly Good. ties into what's happening with the haptics. At least in Astro's Playroom, there's much more variety in the types of sounds coming out of the speaker. And I'm sure every game will use it differently or may not use it as much, but at least in this demo, you really do sense that there's a lot going on with the haptics and there's sound that ties into it. And then when you combine that with the Tempest 3D engine in PlayStation 5 for the speakers, the, the sort of harmony between the controller sound and what's happening in the PlayStation 5 is, is really, really unique and interesting. Um, so those are the things I noticed in it. Um, some people have asked also about, like, what's the weight of it? What does it feel like? Um, compared to the, the, the DualShock for PS4, it definitely weighs a little bit more, but doesn't feel substantially um, heavier. And if anything, I think it actually has a little more heft to it um, in a good way, that it feels more structured. It's good heft. Um, and more sort <laughs> hefty of inside good. of it. So um, centered, but um, Some positive definitely hefty out feels, there. feels good to me. So let's talk about what we're going to play today. Um, what we're going to check out is Astro's Playroom, and that is the game that comes Jeff's packed demo. with the PlayStation 5. <laughs> um, I love it is, that. Uh, I wish my demo had system. my name. You don't have to download it. And it's not just like a tutorial uh, demo of 15 minutes. It's a multi-hour game. We're going to get to play That's one section cool. of it today. Huh. Uh, and I think the reason we're playing this is because it comes with the system and it really showcases the controller. So, of course, everyone wants to see see what uh, you know, Horizon Forbidden West looks like on the system. And this is a demo that is focused, I think, more on the controller and the haptics and the adap adaptive triggers versus trying to showcase <laughs> the power of the SSD or, you know, the true graphics horsepower of uh, PS5. So that's all stuff we can look forward to. We've seen those games, uh, you know, at the event and they look spectacular. So that's another aspect of PS5 that I'm sure hopefully we'll get to see more of um, in the in the coming weeks. But just, just right just now play. we're going to look at the controller and how that relates to <laughs> gameplay with Astro's Playroom. So let's call it up here and uh, go hands-on live with PS5. I like that so that the game also comes pre-installed and that it's a full game. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Full six degrees of motion, as always. Uh, looks like I'm going to have to flick up here on the pad to that release my bot. Is definitely uh, and we are in CPU Plaza. The thing about this game, as you will see in this demo, there are a lot of references to the history of PlayStation. So Cooling Springs cool. is the area that is open on Jeff's demo um, Jeff's of this demo. game. And we are going to jump in here and just go through this experience um, with the bot. All right, so we're on the beach here. There are beach balls you can play oh, around yeah. with. It looks there good. There are some bots yeah. enjoying life, sunning themselves, bot on vacation looking. here. Should I disrupt them? Rude. Damn. How rude of me, right? 
And he then can't we're be bothered. Head on over here into this uh, sandstorm created by I guess, these CPU fans. And again, when you get into this environment, I'm static here, but you, you hear the crisp sounds of, of sand coming at you. There's a tension in the If they the can make that speaker not sound uh, tinny, the sand I will have so much less to like say in. about it. Yeah. My biggest mm -hmm. gripe with yeah. controller speakers look, is that they sound the rubber so ducks thin, are back. And the speakers on fucking phones are so good compared rubber to that. Demos. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. So it can be done. Three, I think that was rubber ducks. Cost obviously matters. All right, but. so I have uh this suit and I'm gonna push up on the controller, zip him up. This is the frog suit. Uh and this frog suit shows off the adaptive controllers. Uh, so I'm going to move my controller left and right. And these adaptive triggers mm. are really, really cool. Too. I've never felt something like this before in a, a console controller. As you push down on the controller, there's tension now in these adaptive trigger, triggers, and it's programmable. One thing that I think is really fun about this transition. demo is it, it makes you think of how... It's programmable, cut. These technologies are going to be used in other games. So you think of Ratchet and Clank. I mean, obviously, a lot of this gameplay similar in style to the Ratchet game. So you think of all those Some crazy way. graphics that we saw. Um, He's also trying to talk on the stream, but with this type of control and this kind of fun. So now we if made I can it talk and play video games at the same time. Anybody can do it. Fuck, I can't. Here, I can, but I have to stop most time because I play this. better if I'm not talking. And again, you see this ice, but you hear a storm literally inside of the dual sense, and sort of a, a small little rumble from the haptics. Um, little ice shards here. As you Damn. pass every ice shard, you hear the little tink of the ice shard. Um, I don't like the fans under their wings. Like, yeah, it's not ASMR. This is. ASMR. Um, do you guys hear that? His little footsteps? All this is coming out of the controller. Some games have this one, very few, but some games have, have utilized the speaker pretty well. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see someone nail it, not make it seem so. Again, this one, you Damn, pull back, just like with a that. bow and arrow almost, and look. There's I the weapon the itself. Unlocked it. Put it back, lock it back up. <laughs> yeah, put that away before someone gets hurt. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> It's above everyone's heads, too. That's exactly what I was talking about earlier. Astrobot. And I wanted <laughs> I to get no a little more information on is. all things PlayStation. So joining me now is the worldwide head of marketing at PlayStation. Is it weird? I'm kind of excited to play that game. How are we doing? No. Hi, Jeff. Like, how are you? I like Dope. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing, I'm yeah, doing pretty so good. I got, I got to go hands-on with uh, PS5, which was a nice surprise this week. I was not expecting it. But uh, you guys are full of surprises for PS5, it looks like. Yeah, and you're one of the first to actually touch See, the look at his sense camera. outside of the company <laughs> yeah. and the developer. And yeah, uh, I, yeah, I bet I, that guy, I well, I don't know, actually. I, also, I bet he's got more money, too. I don't know, because Jeff yeah, is no, uh, fucking again, I'm attached to, to everything. To, you know, a big event and playing with everyone, but uh, the fact that I got got it here and, and got to play it was, was really special. And I have to say, after watching the event and, and seeing the games, I was excited, but the gameplay feels like a whole other dimension to the experience um who's that with, guy you know what's happening with the adaptive triggers and the haptics and everything like so it was one of those things that, that i was playing I, was saying, I like how he's got his camera position games, below uh, how so that's look down to, at you to impact the experience and one thing i heard <laughs> it's is not even that good that it's probably a laptop version of it you guys probably actually shared with mm -hmm. but still dude initially. fucking that's true so what you played is a part of a title called astro's 
Playroom. It was in our show a few weeks ago, and it's installed on every PlayStation 5. So everyone who buys a PlayStation 5 will get this game, and it really shows off a lot of the features of the platform, but really does a great job of showing all the benefits of the DualSense controller. So what we did is early on, we had another version of the title that we took around to the developers that were engaged in PlayStation 5 development and showed them what was possible with a title. And um, it, it's been a great example. And it's really opened up people's minds. To he how loves it. He loves this, it as much as I do. This new device and, and really the new features of the controller. But, you know, I would say when people get their <laughs> PlayStation 5, that should probably be one of the first things they do is just jump in there and experience this because as, as you've seen it's it's pretty special no we've been using the same dual you know similar kind of form factor dualshock for many many generations obviously adding analog sticks and, and rumble and and things like that um and the and, the, and the, the touchpad but this feels like you know it's it's a bit of a redesign but i really like how it feels in my hands and, and i imagine for for playstation Damn. when you were conceiving of ps5 and, and mark cerny was architecting it I imagine the controller and a lot of those innovations were kind of right there at the beginning as something that you wanted to put into the system. That's cool, the PS2. It, it, it's them. true. You know, as we've said many times with Towers. PlayStation 5, it's a brand new generation, and we believe in generations. So we want to evolve every I believe part in them of the as well. I think they're real. And the controller is, is I mean, really we the created most that construct, but they're real to me. It's the extension of the player. So, you know, we thought a lot about this, and one of the things we could have done is just iterate on the DualShock. We've done that for many years. You know, the gamers absolutely love the DualShock. They tell us it's the best controller we've ever made, the latest edition. But we thought, no, let's go a step further. Yeah, let's see new, how a new generation can express a whole new feeling. And, and that's where the DualSense came about. So early on, it was part of the plan. And the to Xbox controllers, the all of them. And, you know, there are many parts of that experience, but this is a, a, a really unique part that yeah. truly takes a step forward in gaming. You mentioned you believe in generations. I guess it's bit of a controversial opinion to some people about this idea that um you know generations are going to sort of break with the past right um and i wanted you to maybe talk a bit about that because it does seem like that's like a cardinal sort of virtue of of the playstation promises that there is this sort of you know break from the past a new generation with a new console games optimized for that system uh versus kind of working across um you know multiple devices and multiple generations you maybe give us a little bit more perspective on the controller being a part of that, but that view, which is obviously counter, you know, we see an Xbox saying something different around that. Why is that so important to PlayStation as a principle of the sort of the architecture of PlayStation 5? Well, specifically for us, a big pillar of our company is innovation. It's, it's a pillar of Sony Corporation. It's also a pillar of the PlayStation company. And you know, we are always trying to push the boundaries. Uh, you know, we push the boundaries of play. That's what we say internally. We want to excite gamers, we want to deliver new experiences. So as we go into a new piece of hardware, it really has to check the box on a lot of different areas to fulfill those promises. And we a lot of developers about this. You know, we've gone out there, we've talked to people about what they want in a next generation console. And, and really to do that, you've got to deliver a lot. And I think what's really unique about the dual sense is that it, it plays into another one of your senses. Um, but we're covering a lot of the senses with PlayStation 5. I mean, first cool. and foremost, I'd say in gaming for the history of gaming, you know, the first sense is is seeing it. It's, it's, it's all the visuals, it's the graphics. And naturally with every generation, the graphics improve. And with PlayStation 5, we're taking the leap forward there 
And then there's sounds, and we're introducing a new form of 3D audio, which will be so really powerful, no matter what you're playing, no matter how you're playing. And then the next piece is, is touch. And, you know, touch has been around for a while. We've had force feedback, of course. We've, we've had different types of force feedback and rumble in the dual shock, but, but this takes that to a whole new level. You know, similar to what gamers have expected from other generational shifts, this brings it to a whole new place. I mean, it's, it's haptic feedback. It's these adaptive dynamic triggers. I mean, something no one's ever experienced before. And it really brings you closer to the game. And, um, you know, the biggest joy for us is putting this in the hands of developers because developers want to push the technology as far as it can go to, as far as it can go to tell stories and really bring the gamer into their worlds. And we believe, you know, all of these things combined as well as all the other great PS5 features we spoke about really lead to a next generation experience. And in many cases, you know, we can't take everybody with us from previous consoles into that experience. You, you need new hardware, you, you need new devices to experience what these developers want you to experience. And I imagine, you know, PS4, there still be games coming out for it. I mean, it's not like the, the, the pipeline nope, stops there, but done. there's a no more games. new set of experiences that Over. will be exclusive to PS5. Right? history of long-term support. It, exactly. PlayStation 4 is a, is a big part of everything we do, and it will continue to be a big part of everything we do. There's a lot more to come on PlayStation 4. I think most recently we're seeing, you know, some of the greatest titles this generation have released in, in recent weeks. But that will continue. Um, and again, PlayStation 5 is the next generation product. But again, we've got a lot to come for people on PlayStation 4. Still a ton of life in that product. When I was playing Astros, one of the things that my mind started racing with was thinking of how this is going to apply to a game like Ratchet, because sort of you know, similar gameplay style, but with the, the audio, the speaker in the dual sense, and the haptics and the adaptive triggers. One feature we haven't talked much about is the SSD and that sort of input-output on the device and how that's going to allow a lot of interesting so things. Really and, and when I saw the uh, event in June, Twitter, that Ratchet trailer like, blew what me away. Like, jump in between those words and so quickly. Always um, people bring this up, could so you maybe talk a bit about a desire like, for it. that feature, which I didn't really, you know, <laughs> yeah, hope Astro's so. not a game I think that really is dry, you know, needs the SSD to function that, the way uh, it is. Can you talk a bit about the SSD and how that's going to impact the, the experience? Sure, sure. And, and this comes back nicely to your question about generations. Really because when you look at a game like Ratchet, and we talked about a lot of different features today, and as you mentioned, we haven't mentioned SSD. That is another thing that will make the whole gaming experience different. It'll make it better, but it also allows the developers to do new things. It isn't just about faster loading time. And you take a great developer like Insomniac, and they found a way to say, okay, look, here's a game that could only be made on PlayStation 5, on this generation, using this technology. Oh, yeah. A lot of what you yeah, saw on the show, cool jumping through those different worlds instantly, just can't be done in most cases. And it needs new hardware. It needs new power. So that's something we're looking forward to. I mean, all of these things come together. You combine that with 3D audio, with, with a controller, ray tracing. I mean, these are great experiences and these developers know how to harness every piece of those, uh, every piece of those features to really bring you a, a unique experience. And that really speaks to what next gen is for us. So th that ratchet game, like couldn't be done on PS4, I guess if you did it, you'd have to fundamentally change the kind of the architecture and the gameplay of it. You would have to change it. You would have to change the way the game works. It just, it would be a different experience. And according to everything that Insomniac have told us, you know, this, this hardware allows 
them to deliver on this vision, they could not make it. If they did, it would just be different. You would be playing a different type of game and the experience. That's cool to hear. Yeah, no, I have to say after playing with the controller, DualSense and the experience, I definitely got a sense of, of where you're taking things um, moving forward. And, and let's talk a bit about that because you guys had the, the big event, so many great titles. Uh, I think gamers are very excited about PS5. I think we saw even this week, there were rumors that uh, pre-orders were happening and the Twitter lit up. I don't know where these rumors start, but I have to ask you, like, is are, are you about to press the button now for pre-orders? Like, yeah. when can we expect to get our PS5? No, de definitely not now. We, we don't know what happened there. Lies. We had nothing to do with it. I got a, a message from someone saying people are lining up at stores and, and, and we had no idea why. Um, so I, I think it's safe stores. to say, you know, masks? From your viewers, we'll <laughs> let you know when pre-order will happen. We will let you know. It, it's not going to happen with a minute's notice. We're, we're going to, at some point, let you know when you can pre-order a PlayStation 5. I'm ready to so, hit that fucking um, button. So please don't feel like you have to go run out and, and line up anywhere until you receive official notice on how that'll work we so, pissed um, i worked at a store stuck outside you know, how that happened, hanging out what the fuck is doing ps5 well but look i mean it's not out get out of here it's, it's great All to day. see there's Go that home. much anticipation for your product oh yeah i know look we we, we absolutely love the, the you know all of the playstation fans and we're thrilled that they're excited about this product and and again you know with this product we're, we're trying to bring them experiences they didn't think were possible and you know you're just you're experiencing some of that one of the first people to experience that, you know, I'm, I'm glad you had the experience that you did because that's what we're hoping to get out of this. And, um, you know, unfortunately, given the current situation in the world, we would love to be out there having gamers start to touch the product. You know, we, we would have done that in normal yeah. years. We, we can't do that. So it's really hard. I know a lot of people watching this and they're going to really wonder, like, what are they talking about? They're going to be angry at me saying, why did he get it? it, it, it why, did, why, did, why did Jeff get to do it? But, um, but I think it's where's my really Jeff hard demo? to describe. Yeah, and you've heard yeah us where's, talk where's about my this, Jeff's demo? You've gone through the experience and, and you can see it's. I don't ever say Seth's One demo. One thing I want to ask you pissed. about, you, you and I have known each other for a long time, and I'm, I'm excited that you're in this worldwide role um, for PlayStation now to kind of unify, uh, you know, the messaging around the world. And there was a new tagline for PlayStation that showed up uh, in the event um, in June, which I think was the first time people had seen it. And can you maybe tell us a bit about this this new kind of tagline, which is, is global for PlayStation? Certainly, and, and, and thanks for noticing that. That was actually the last bit of the show. That was the last thing you saw on the show was this new line, which is play has no limits. And, um, you know, as you said, we've known each other a long time and, and you've known how the PlayStation organization was structured. And in the past, we were really separate groups around the world that all worked together and laddered up to a parent company. And in recent years, we've started to globalize and we've seen great benefits from that in many parts of the organization. And so another part of this was the marketing piece. And, and really, if you look at great brands around the world, they all feel similar or, or, or at least just to great degree similar. And a part of that is the global brand line. And, and these lines, if they're good, they stand the test of time and they stick with the brand for a long time. So this was a hard job for the team. You know, we went back and we looked at this and we thought, what, what type of line would really satisfy the world and at the same time live up to our ambition as a company, as a brand? And, and that was play has no limits. Um, you know, that's what we believe. Um, and there's many different ways to interpret it. So I'm going to leave it to all the the viewers to interpret it the way they like. But, you know, for us, it is really about speaking to innovation and speaking about new experiences that you can have 
with PlayStation that you never expected. And um, really, it's it's how we push ourselves. You know, we we don't constrain ourselves. We want to push the limits of gaming all the time. And you know, right up to the the end of everything we do, we're constantly pushing to deliver something new, something best in class. And uh, I'm excited about this because I would say, Jeff, you know, you've been a, around the industry for a very long time. I, been I would, around I would challenge days. you to name you all of the PlayStation taglines this past generation around the world. You, you couldn't because there were, there were a ton of them. And, I was going to say, I know greatness awaits, but beyond that, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah I don't so, even there, there were a lot of them, and it, and it, you know, that's why we really wanted to get this together. And of course, the line will be localized. Was it for the players, I think, or something in the UK, maybe. For the players, exactly, yeah. was, was the line that was used across most parts of Europe. But yeah. there were a lot more than that. So we, we looked at this and we said, no, let's get one line that solidifies the brand. Um, also, look and feel the brand is changing slightly. You saw some of that during the event a few weeks ago, and that will also be global. So it will be a very strong global brand. Well, again, uh, there's a lot of love for PlayStation and what you guys have, have teased us with with PS5 this year. I think it's been such an interesting rollout of you never know when something's going to pop up on Twitter or the box art <laughs> yeah, itself is yeah. like trending when you put out the Miles box. So uh, who knows what's next? I can't let you go without people. Everyone online wants to know about, like, are we going to get other colors of controllers or consoles? I imagine for launch, it's like hard enough to get one out. But is that on the roadmap? We'll, we'll talk about it at some point, right? Right okay. now, we, you know, it's as you mentioned, it's a hard enough job to get the, you know, the, the unit that we've showed out. So, yes. um, but we'll talk about it at some point. All right. Well, we know there'll be two of them, the all digital one as well, coming out, and uh, we are excited yeah. to, uh, to to see what's in store for PlayStation. I'm sure there are more surprises, but uh, yeah, it's an exciting year for the industry that these new consoles are coming out. I never thought there'd be a a console launch in the, in the middle of this with I, I've never think my first hands on would be in my own place with a PS5 <laughs> controller, but it's, I'll take it. And it quickly took it away. So I don't have it. So, uh, <laughs> Give we'll it back. Check it out again. Hopefully, oh, this you holiday season. It. Put it down. Uh, Eric Lempel, it's like easy allies. Uh, great to have you with us. And, Ghost uh, of on something else. A little bit of uh, no, open excitement Creed this Valhalla year, but uh, PS5 and, um, it's all something. We need, it was streamed and, uh, them for three hours it later this over year. some streaming service from Thanks, Ubisoft. Was great oh, it was uh, Watch Dogs Legion. Oh, yeah. And uh, mm. they were talking about that, too. Like They were like, yeah, we're sat our houses, and they just gave us access to the streaming ability to play the games. I'm like, that's so weird, because you know, obviously before you have to go to them to go yeah. to these events. Uh, what do we think? I mean, it, it's neat uh, to be able to to listen to someone actually like talk about it a bit. Uh, but you know, as usual, it it's going to come down to actually holding the thing uh, and experiencing it yourself. But um, I am glad to see that um, they designed specifically that 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 demo to give you the the full experience that you might get from developers in the future. Um, Tech demo kind of show, showcasing what yeah, the controller right. can do. I always appreciate that kind of stuff because yeah. even even though you may not be playing like you know the next God of War, you know for example, um, you're getting you're getting a taste of what is potentially going to be available to you, and and then the developers can choose what to do with it at that point. So, um, I with the PlayStation Four is a good example. Like like you said, the touchpad was very underutilized by most mm -hmm. devs. So. Um, it was there though though and i saw some people who on twitter fucking were going like there i'm gonna use 
use half that stuff anyway to be to be fair it is underutilized in the sense that you could use all these swipes or whatever and they, they didn't do it in a lot of games almost every single game specifically third-party games still use the touchpad as like a map button mm -hmm. which is something you yeah. don't get in other controllers for sure for sure um it's not a big thing but it was being used yeah and i did use it it was better than going pause go to this thing press that like that's a big deal but like it was it was used and I used it so it would have been cool to see more uses out of it but um but yeah yeah for sure and well and then you know with them adding um I think the big thing is going to be interesting is, is how much emphasis keeps getting put into the haptic feedback on the triggers which I'm mm -hmm. very excited about um, so I'm I am very curious to see what that actually feels like um and how that gets utilized so. I I I want to feel what the fuck they're talking about when they keep talking about the triggers because Xbox already has um vibration of the triggers and mm -hmm. i thought it was really cool it's my favorite thing about the the newest controller but what they're describing with this sounds beyond that yeah and i keep hearing things about like potentially like it feels like resistance to it to be able to feel tension and stuff like that I'm like these words don't really tell me vibration yeah that sounds like a physical property for sure now they can't yeah. have a trigger that pushes back against you too hard because there's people with all sorts of things going on they might not be able to pull the controller right. or the trigger very well you know for whatever reason um so i just i want to know what the fuck they're talking about specifically exactly so and i gotta get my hands on to do that yeah and it's just an interesting prospect that um it is true to its name uh an attempt at just adding more of your senses into your uh, involvement of the game so well and i i think the ps5 is gonna go hard on vr which i'm really excited for because the ps4 adopted it later mm -hmm. um it's had like retroactively figured it out like okay mega headset okay so how do we track the headset well we can track the lights on the controller with the camera well let's make sure the camera the old camera is bundled in with it it's kind of like a janky vr that they made but it works right. this new console is going to be way more powerful they have that 3d audio uh system mm. that is going to be great for games but also for vr it's gonna be amazing um i'm sure they'll have a new vr headset that will still i'm sure the old one will still work with this but i think you know they'll probably have a new one um mixed with that controller it's gonna have all these different fucking uh vibrations and stuff i'm impressed by the fucking the switches haptic feedback on that mm -hmm. like they has really strong intricate vibrations for something that's yeah. like this big it's very impressive it's crazy yeah. it's so it's so advanced that when you uh, put it in the cardboard that they sell you, they can make you can make things move mm -hmm. with those vibrations and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so it's really kind of crazy. Well, say catching like a giant fish in, in Animal Crossing, that thing will like start shaking so violently. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Magic, dude. Yeah. Where, where are you hiding all those <laughs> pieces that make it vibrate like that? Yeah. Um, so to get that in in like a, a newer control or something that's more advanced than that, I mean, people keep talking about the the gravel you feel when you're driving over it on the controller, which is awesome. Also, I can't wait. Obviously, for new consoles, I can't wait for new Gran Turismo. It's so exciting for me. If that's a launch title, it's gonna be fucking amazing. We've been outside of the the spectrum of console gaming. If you're a PC gamer, this is the go ahead for all the big developers to start making more powerful games too. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I, I need to get my hands on that controller. I've been sold on it since I saw it, so they didn't really do anything to get me more hyped for it. I'm just like, that thing's gonna be awesome. And Jeff's like, it's pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, it is, huh? I know it. I'll, I'll find out soon. But I knew, I already knew that. I already knew that, Jeff. Um, 
But uh, the Astros, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, is neat. I like that they're they've already done tech demos like this before with the same Astrobot. Um, they did the VR one, which is neat. But before that, they had a tech demo tech demo that came out on the PS4 that shows you um, the controllers vibrate or the movement. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They were in your controller, which I thought was funny. And there's a window behind where the light bars at. And when you shook it, they're like flying around and they press certain mm-hmm. buttons and they started like dancing and having a blast. And it did all sorts of weird shit. Um, so that they're doing something like that similar, but actually making like a game out of it. That that even if it's like a couple hours, that's that's still really cool that it's a game. That you're getting a, a tech demo game already installed on your uh, console. So, mm-hmm. you know, some people might already have all the games that they bought when the thing launches. Some people might be able to only buy one or whatever. Uh, you'll still have something to play on there, which I think is really exciting. Yeah. And it'll be able to show you what's coming. What, what your controller can do and what the devs will have the freedom to fuck around with. And that's exciting. Plus, it looked really clean. I thought the graphics were really good uh, for what it is. And it looks fun. So I want to I want to play it. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm kind of like same with both you guys. Uh, the, the overall presentation didn't really do much more to make me excited for the controller. I'm excited to try it. The, the, the function I'm least excited about is probably just the speaker um, because I probably won't use it. Because I don't like, well, it has to be something that would blow my socks off. Because I don't like the way the PS4 DualShock speakers work. I think it's not horrid. Um, so this, I, I just, I would just use headphones regardless, or mm. play through my speakers. I don't, I, I get it. It's like access for people who don't, I don't have the money for that kind of stuff. But it, it has to be really good for me to prefer to use that over my headphones or plug it into a speaker system. And then, well, there's some stuff with the speaker that's really cool, though, but it, it can't be enjoyed for me personally because the audio quality is so bad. Right. Um, there's some games where you're listening to the audio out of your TV or out of your you know, headset, but then like when someone radios in at you or whatever, it comes through your speaker. I think it's kind of neat because it separates the audio tracks mm-hmm. um, or small little cues will make a noise out of the controller. But because the audio quality is so tinny, it's not enjoyable to hear, so it annoys right. me. I'd rather just hear it crispy, clear, really well-defined in the game yeah, and yeah. not through a really bad speaker. So if they can up the quality of the speaker on that controller, which they said they did, I don't know by how much, but the point I kind of made too is phones have incredible audio for how small they are. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Some phones have shitty audio, but most speakers in a, in a high-end phone nowadays sound amazing for what the fuck that little speaker's doing. It's yeah. It's insane. And obviously, they probably are more expensive to put in uh, to a phone. Phones aren't cheap, but way more expensive than this controller going to be. But if 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 you can do that, if if I get anything a third as good as a phone's fucking speaker on a controller, I'd be happy as long as it doesn't have that thin, tinny sound. It just has a little bit of warmth to it. A little. It doesn't have to have a fucking subwoofer, but have some kind of not. I mean, bass in some way, but something to it. Something substantial. It's not just like. <laughs> When it goes to make noise, into my controllers. Yeah, um, I, I'd be happy because I, I think you can do cool things with the speaker. I, I doesn't matter if you did a cool thing with the speaker. I can't like it. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I don't want to hear bad audio. Um, right. It's like if you make a YouTube video, your video quality can be shit if your audio is great. If your audio is shit and your video quality is great, no one's gonna watch it. Nobody wants to hear mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah, it's it's disruptive. You're like, oh god, I don't want to fucking listen to that. And it's weird, but that's it's just a fact. Same thing with that. So if they want to nail and 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 get me excited for a speaker and a controller, they have to get that audio better. And you can still turn it off too if you don't want it coming out of there. But I think it'd be a lot. I think a lot of people would be more open to it if it didn't sound as much like shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. I still, there's still like questions I have about the PlayStation as well. They just haven't really dived into at all. I really <laughs> wish they just give us boom information. Like what? Uh, well, like, you know, they keep talking kind of about the, the backwards compatibility of it, but we never really get like full details of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I keep hearing rumors. So like pretty much out of all the rumor mills that I keep hearing and the things I read here and there, it's like most of the PS4 library is going to be fucking available at launch. Yeah. Right. Right. But they haven't put that out anywhere. That's my point. Like I, I want one. Well, they also didn't do a full release on that controller. They gave Jeff his demo. I, I, it's Jeff's demo. This, this, this is, and he got to talk about. Though it. I like the the bread cra- uh, trail thing we got going here, I also just like want like some solid information. I think they're doing it on purpose to drive fucking hype. I think pe- I think they mm-hmm. want people frustrated. <laughs> Probably because then when we get it, no one's bitching. Yeah. Whereas like Xbox is like very respectful. They're like, new console is definitely coming out. We're gonna have a, a meeting on Monday, and we invite all of you guys to show up, and it's gonna be great. We're gonna show you all these things. Here's some games and blah blah, and everybody shows up like. Very nice, very nice. That's a good looking console. Everybody's like, "Where the fuck is the PS5?" And so he's like, "I don't know. Wait, <laughs> it's 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 in Jeff's house for about two hours. We have PS5 at home." <laughs> and then they're like, "Well, we want it now." Well, you're gonna have to wait. You're gonna have to wait. So who cares? Yeah. Well, fucking, why are you gonna show it? Well, we're gonna show it when we want to show it. And then they show it, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, I love it!" Like we knew you would. So just shut up. I told you to wait. See. What else? Well, we'll tell you what else when when uh, when we send it to somebody else and they can tell you about it. I want it now. Pretty much. It's working because people are frustrated. But once we get shown it, everybody's stoked. So, yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, me too. I'm probably one of the only people who's not rushing out to buy one. A PS5? Yeah. A lot of people aren't kind of. I see on Twitter all the time people going like, I can't afford these. And people are like, there's no price point yet. But I can't afford it. I mean, they might not be able to afford it, though. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I just, people people are already assuming the prices. Which $20? We kinda, we too high. Too. <laughs> That'd be fucking crazy. That thing's got some goddamn Chinese spyware on it if they're selling for 20 bucks. They're going to make that money back somehow. Constantly shooting ads into your brain. Yeah, Facebook's just <laughs> be on Facebook. Never leave Facebook. You are Facebook. We are Facebook. It's the size of a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, they're just trying to get it out of the warehouse. Just take it. Glows ever so slightly a nuclear glow. What the hell is that? Don't worry about it. It's $20. <laughs> 20 years from now, people are having some weird syndrome from it. Yeah, PS5 syndrome. <laughs> Jesus. The controller has fused my arm. I don't know what to do. I'm, gro- I'm growing us. I'm not complaining because I, I needed the second controller. I'm growing a second controller out of my back right now. Is that normal? <laughs> Yes, you are PlayStation now. <laughs> there will be more. There will be more components coming soon. I thought it was going to be the Borg, but apparently it's Sony. That's scary. <laughs> I don't like this. Um, yeah, overall, really excited. Astrobot looks cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, anything else you guys will say? But wait for the next breadcrumb. Yeah, pretty no much. No more breadcrumbs. I want a slice of bread this time, please. <laughs> Xbox was like, we got a gaming event coming up and we're showing Halo Infinite. And I'm like, really? All right, cool. I want to yeah, see that. For sure. It's weird to go like, okay, I'm, I know what I'm getting into. Somebody's <laughs> like, this Saturday something's happening. What's something? You're going to show something? We're going to show something. Let Jeff Don't worry touch about it. it. <laughs> Jeff involved? Jeff's involved. Jeff's involved with everything. 
If, if there's something going on, Jeff's probably involved with it. It's possible. I'm cooking dinner. When's it going to be ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ask Jeff. <laughs> he's involved with everything. That's why he's tired looking all the time. Probably. Guy doesn't sleep. Mm. All right. Let me know in the comments. Uh, what do you think of this presentation? What do you think about Jeff's demo? What do you think about Astrobot game? What do you think about it being installed on your PS5 when you get that? Are you excited for the PS5? Are you excited for the DualSense controller? Uh, what's your favorite feature? What's your least favorite feature? What do you think about the audio? What do you think about can they make speakers and controllers fucking work? The Wii was like one of the first games I saw try that. I fucking hated it. Um, <laughs> so it's gotten a lot better. Uh <laughs> And uh, yeah, what are you what are you most excited for? Um, what uh, what do you think the price point of the thing? What is, just let me know your general thoughts on everything when it comes to PS Five and uh, Halo Infinite. That's coming soon. You guys excited? Um, yeah, I guess I can ask you guys too. You guys both seem yeah pretty excited. I'm excited to see it. I want to see. I want to see what the fuck they're dealing with. I guess I could have said working with. Dealing with sounds almost like it's not a good thing. <laughs> Let's see what they're fucking dealing with right now. How are we going to cope with this? If it's going to be good or not. <laughs> I got high hopes, man. I miss Halo. Halo's been fucking gone for a while. Um, all right, guys. It's that time again where we look back on like the fucking three months of uh, videos and comments that we didn't fucking reply to because <laughs> the schedule's been shit lately. It's been like three weeks, but still. Um, and yeah, I got five comments. I'm going to go back, reflect on the episodes, read your comments. We're going to reply to them, comment on them. And yeah, so uh, I did a Tasty Tuesday uh, by my lonesome in a dark room and where I talked about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, 30 minutes of gameplay. It was funny in that episode. I originally, you guys who watched it, I originally intended to just talk about the article, but then when I looked at the article, there's a cut in the episode. And it's because I read the article and I was like, that was like two paragraphs. That was not even an article. I was like, what the fuck am I going to sit here and talk about? I have an opinion on it, but I'm done. The opinion's done. I'm done. There's nothing to discuss here. And I was like, I guess I can just watch the fucking video. So I watched the video. So we watched that together. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And then we talked about uh, Skull and Bones being rebooted, which is interesting. Uh, the game's not even out yet. And they're like, start over. Um, and yeah, so I got a comment from, I cannot read right now. What the fuck's wrong with me? Uh, Ferris Rakumar, Rakumar uh, that said, it looks like a cool game. But absolutely terrible timing two days before Cyberpunk. He's talking about uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, two days before Cyberpunk. Only diehard uh, AC fans are going to play this over Cyberpunk. Lol. Everybody else will be in Night City. Uh, what do you guys think about that prospect? Are you guys excited for Valhalla? Do you think you're going to prioritize? Do you think? Do you think? Are you so bold to assume that you're going to prioritize Cyberpunk over AC Valhalla? Are you open-minded and good? And will you play both? Or I, only AC? I wasn't even planning on buying ac to begin with so yeah i'll be in night city that makes sense <laughs> chris the last assassin's Creed i bought was black flag i haven't touched one since then this is fair maybe this will be the one to bring you back <laughs> you love vikings I'm not really big on vikings okay well fair me neither i mean i like them enough but i'm not I like think it's interesting lore like their history and the real myths and stuff about them but Gameplay wise, I'm never into like Viking gameplay. Yeah. And Vikings right now are the new like ninja and zombie when those were really fucking popular and pirates and shit. The it's just the next the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll be a flavor of the next three years. But yeah, it'll burn out to something else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's, and this honestly is kind of shitty because Cyberpunk's kind of playing musical chairs with their release date. So <laughs> no one's safe. 
Like <laughs> you planned all fucking year. You're like, we're going to release Valhalla at this time. Cyberpunk's releasing like months before that. We're going to be fine. And Cyberpunk's like delay. And everybody's like, whoa, whoa, where are you going to land? One month. <laughs> They're like, mm, I don't know. Spin the wheel. And then fucking this one. You remember when it Final Fantasy and Resident Evil were coming out at the same time. Yeah. And that never happened. And that's great for everybody. We're all better for it. But fucking Assassin's Creed, as soon as they're like, this month. And they're like, fuck. Yep. That was our big game. You're going to take it from us. <laughs> we're trying to rebuild this goddamn game and you guys are fucking us over so um i'll, I'll be buying both of them i'm gonna have two days to play this game and then i won't touch it again because cyberpunk <laughs> will be coming out but i will play it so i will also be in night city but i'm giving this game a chance i'm interested in it. i want to play it so yeah anything else you guys want to say thank you for your comment yeah thank you ferris or Faris, however you say your name for the thank comment. you person thank you person for your comment and yeah, then uh, we had another video that was uh, reacting to Ubisoft for 2020 and July's game releases. So I think that was Tasty, Tasty Cast. Cast. And uh, yeah, we talked about those very things. That was a good time. And um, when we're talking about, um, I always forget the name, Watch Dogs Legion, uh, there's a couple parts that kind of remind me of John Wick and we kind of discussed quickly like oh it's, it's kind of like John Wick how they're like walking around shooting and shit so we got a comment from Tom B that says personally I would dig a linear John Wick style shooter with such moves animations uh, Tsushima and Cyberpunk is enough uh, I'm assuming it's open world I just don't have any more motivation to play more than one open world game per year so with those two I'm already over my usual limit playing more open world feels more like a job than a hobby but that's just me uh legion looks cool though yeah what do we think i mean i i can relate to that open world games are really difficult for me to play in the in the first place um and i like i mean a good example is i picked up red dead redemption 2 and i I can't play the damn game so (laughs) um and you're barely in it you're not even in like the fucking drought of the, that is the center of that fucking story. That's just 32 hours of, I had a plan. <laughs> that's the story. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't get to that. Yeah, for sure. Ending's great. Beginning's um, great. But I had the same problem with the original Red Dead as well. So uh, Red Dead Redemption to be more specific. Um, and then, yeah, I'm playing Tsushima. I am hoping I can keep myself motivated to continue playing it because I have a bad habit of like playing half a game <laughs> and then uh yeah cyberpunk it's i mean a must so. mm-hmm. yeah chris thoughts i generally prefer open world games over linear experiences linear experiences are nice if you're really looking hard for like a direct storyline that you want to get complete from beginning to end yeah but i personally prefer open world experiences that have the story linked into it because I like to feel like it's my experience that mm-hmm. I'm creating and going through and I can share that with my friends and talk about how I went through the experiences of the game and it just appeals to me more so more open world games is great yeah it's a time sink but you yeah. know that's that's what I enjoy I just love it so much yeah and the strengths and weaknesses to all the genres I'm, I'm a fan of all of them for their reasons I like open world games because the freedom of gameplay and if it's done well enough you have experiences of them you're not getting in other games but then of course like you said linear based games more structured games typically are better at storytelling um you get more impactful um storytelling out of that kind of stuff and uh 
and sometimes have some pretty interesting mechanics that aren't as expected as an open world game. Because when you make an open world game, you got to make that open world work first and foremost, and then you got to make your mechanics work around it. And so you can get a little more creative when you can control the environment more in a linear game. So I think they definitely have their strengths and weaknesses. So I like both. Mm -hmm. Um, Open world games can feel like a chore though, if they're done, not even lazy, lazy ones are really bad, but um, (laughs) even a standard one, if the pacing is not good, I can get burnt out quick. Um, some games can nail an open world. I actually prefer games that have smaller open worlds um, that that the story feels more put together than than some that just kind of really just let you go like, okay, go fucking... Unless it's a game... I always, I always bring it up, but like Morrowind, back in the day, it's an old fucking game at this point, but that game actually felt like I was crafting my own story. There's enough small things. I could go in every little fucking house, and every little house had different things in it with different people doing different stuff. And it's amazing how there's still not very many games doing stuff like that nowadays. And other Elder Scrolls have done that as well, but I think Marwan's the better one. But um, most open world games kind of follow the Ubisoft route of just giving you activities to do in an open world and having rewards for doing those activities, which I dig. But um, but I don't ever feel like I'm really having my experience in games like that. So it gets kind of hard, unless the unless the pacing's good, it's easy for me to get burnt out because I start getting burnt out on the uh activities yeah and the rewards not being enough or i've already got all the rewards my guy's fucking maxed out everything's too easy but there's still stuff to do which is also a very ubisoft thing for a while there there was like make sure they never have to leave this game if they don't want to <laughs> i'm like but i don't have i'm only alive once when i'm dead i'm not coming back to play this game so i don't got the time for this yeah Jeez. um so yeah open world games are tricky for me but i respect i respect people who are can just kind of realize like this shit is just fucking too much for me. I, I get it completely. As for the John Wick thing, it was me that brought that up when we we're watching that. Um, I I would be down for a third person John Wick shooter. I'm really, really surprised no one attempted it. Um, they did make a John Wick game, but it's like some weird fucking indie type style game. It, was, it looked pretty cheap. Mm. Whatever the fuck it was, I don't remember. Maybe it was an animated movie. I don't know what the hell it was. Honestly, it was something. I, I know he was put into uh payday 2 yeah that's not yeah. what i'm talking about it's like this weird colorful thing that someone made yeah. it's like really stylistic and shit so i don't know i but i i would like that um but it seems like ubisoft uh realized that there's something there and they're putting it in their game so uh i also support people who go well if you're not gonna do it i'm gonna do it so you know <laughs> whoever does it best uh benefits me uh yeah so thank you for the comment tom b and then Wade commented, I did not reply to you because when I looked at your comment, I was like, that's a lot of typing. So I'd rather just talk to you. (laughs) So because he wrote out, typed out a big old comment, uh, which says it's three parts. We're going to do it one at a time. Oh, my goodness. Maybe it's because I loved Origins and Odyssey, but I don't agree with the Valhalla hate. I've seen around the Internet. I think it looks dope and I can't wait. Everything I've heard from the people who got hands-on with the game solidifies the purchase for me. You're a fan of the other games. I like them as well. Um, I'm not as big a fan as you, but I know you really enjoyed them. Um, we have a couple people in the, in the community who really enjoyed those games. And I do think it's the better direction. The The games obviously got stagnant. They did the same shit over and over again. And they're moving in a really cool direction that I think 
has been better in the two iterations they've done so far. So if they can keep that momentum, they're they're really doing something special here. Something I keep recommending to people who haven't played these uh, that I wouldn't recommend the older ACs to. So um, I agree, and it makes complete sense that these would uh, your your love for those games would you know push you to to. I'm not seeing the hate though for Valhalla. I'm I'm seeing some people mm-hmm. criticizing it, but I'm not seeing the hate. But I'm not going to deny that exists because. My Twitter and Chevy's Twitter are different places. So Yeah, it's all curated for you. Yeah, so. my Twitter's a war zone. Chevy's is just like, oh, I think he'll like weeks later he's like, I saw somebody say this. I'm like, everyone's fucking saying that shit. So it's just like <laughs> it's just a different existence. So. I don't follow a lot of people on my Twitter yeah. though. I follow a lot of brands. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I follow individuals and then their fucking groups have their opinions and then I follow all the main publications only because if they get a uh, like a scoop, I wanna hear it. Yeah, but I finally unfollowed all of them. I couldn't handle it anymore. I have to unfollow them soon. I, I hate <laughs> following like GameSpot and IGN. They're there, all just there are people on Twitter now who literally have become so big that individually they're giving the same news. Yeah, as quickly you know as anyone. Who's that else, person so. on there? Nibble or Nibble or whatever the hell? That's one of them. Yeah. I yeah I started following them because I'm like this person always has info just really quick. And if it's from someone else, they link it. Like, yeah. So why do I need it? I don't know. Anyways, they're convenient. And they don't come in and go, like, they don't come in and say unnecessary stupid shit or yeah, fucking versus, versus play with people. Who's been driving me crazy. They also will just pump out news, but they also, like, poke the console war stuff a lot. And I, I hate it. Oh, IGN love suddenly asking questions they know is going to get people fucking yeah. riled up. Well, that's just so fucking obvious. Yep. They want interaction. Um, it's easy interaction. Yeah. Bullshit. Fucking, I hate it. Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple people on Twitter I, I, I like just because they're just, and when they have opinions, they seem pretty like, like real, like their opinions. Like there's a another person who it's like Yorha something. It's obviously based off Mir, mm. but uh, they they gave another one of those big people crap because they're like, they were talking about how a couple games should have gotten higher Metacritic scores, and it's like eighty three percent, eighty nine percent, seventy six percent, and they're like, do you really think those are low scores? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not what they wanted. Yeah, I yeah. was like, those are fantastic scores. <laughs> yeah, the the so. fucking thing. and me and Dean Takahashi talked about that. Just like the fucking people are looking for more nuanced and less robotic opinions on shit that are generated only to get interaction. For sure, because they're a business. I get it, but they're they're working solely off the fucking businesses' wants and needs as something that needs to make money, for and sure. it, and it fucking clouds. There's no personality. No one's no one's reading that shit because they're like, oh, I love these guys. They're just like, okay, give me the info. Yeah. And so, you know, with yeah. those personalities, if they can get the info too or even separate themselves from it and just offer the info, that's what people want. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, people talking shit about Valhalla. Um, I, I'm not seeing it. but not uh, either. But um, I'm seeing like me and Chris, though, where it's like. Yeah. Well, I've seen some people say that the <laughs> combat looks buggy and janky and stuff like that. That's not hate. That's just that's an open world yeah. game, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, going on to the, or wait, Chris, did you say anything about that? Do you yeah. have anything to say? Just, you're gonna get hate regardless of the game. It's gonna happen. Someone's gonna hate it. Yeah. yeah. And don't mix that shit with someone disliking it, because fucking people, I, I see it all the time with every fucking game. Someone's like, I don't like this game. You're like, well, you're an asshole. You're a piece of shit. It's like, why? It's crazy. Fucking entitled to their damn opinions. Assholes, dude. Um, drives me nuts. It's like someone's like, I don't like it for this reason. Their opinion is 
100% equally valuable and valid is what the fuck someone says if they like the shit. For sure. It's like if we all played Dream Daddy, a gay dating simulator. And I was like, I think this game is great because it appeals to me. And you guys are like, nah, it's kind of boring. Valid opinions. Yeah, I would probably play it and go, oh, yeah, some of the stuff was kind of funny or whatever, but it's not really for me. That's not me going, fuck this game. It sucks. Like, it's it's completely different. So there are people out there that are like, that does suck because they're not like, you know, they're some people just aren't great with words which is fine i get that you gotta you gotta kind of read between the lines but as long as the person's not going like anybody about this game's a piece of shit yeah i get that yeah fucking that person's an idiot too but people are just so like you know they they want to hear their opinion repeated to them and when they don't hear it they're like no blasphemy blasphemers (laughs) echo chamber or nothing yeah it's crazy it's crazy like why do you want to live in that world um Second part, uh, I think one of the bigger surprises is how well-received Legion has been by both the hands-on previewers and anybody who watches Ubisoft Forward. Uh, it semi-disappeared for a while, and we didn't hear much about it, uh, but apparently it's re-emerged as a really fun, intricate, and nuanced experience. I know they did a talk through uh, on ACG, and his opinions were pretty much glowing for the game. It sounds like a ton of fun, in my opinion, as long as things don't get too repetitive too fast, which is a valid uh, concern. I have the same concern because it's an Ubisoft game, um, and they're real good about giving you the content, but too much of it. And you're going to keep doing it because you're like, do I keep playing? Like, yeah, it's there. Okay, I've been doing it for a while. Do I? Do I keep doing this? Yeah, it's there. Do it. Might as well. We gave it to you. Do it all. But is there an end? Who needs an end? You like playing the game, right? You don't need to leave. You don't need to play anything else. This is your life now. Your mom says dinner time, but do you really need to eat right now? You have more missions to do here at Ubisoft. Um, even even last year at E3, uh, there's a huge fucking thing in the center of the massive building that was set up for Watch Dogs Legion. Nobody was talking about the game. I didn't even wait in that line. There's no hype for it. Like yeah. nobody was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I was like, I gotta go in there and watch a guy play it. I don't want to do that shit. So I never, I didn't wait in that line. It was a huge line, and the people in the line were like, you know, anytime I was near, because there's other lines near that line. Fucking pure talking about Final Fantasy VII and Cyberpunk, and so like even there, the energy for it was low. And then everything we've seen on it, I'm like, yeah, it looks it looks neat enough. But then this last video we watched was like, oh shit, this is really starting to kind of turn into something that I'm really interested in. And I even kind of got that reaction from you guys too, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I agree. And I, I've you know been watching Easy Allies and stuff. They've been playing some Ubisoft games around the time Ford came out and they played Valhalla and Watch Dogs and they were saying good things too. So um, it, I think it, I think, and I said this in the last episode, I think this is, they're crafting what Watch Dogs will become. I think they made a game that didn't work and I think they are not throwing away the brand and they're crafting it into, they're honing it into something else. Mm-hmm. And while keeping some of the DNA from the original game, and uh, I feel like this is going to be when the next Watch Dogs comes out, it'll be something more akin to this third game and not the last two games before it. Um, and it, it after playing the first Watch Dogs and feeling overall disappointed and kind of bored playing it, um, and then skipping to, I heard two's pretty good. Um, this is the one I'm, I'm feeling less like, I was worried about buying two because I didn't want it to be like one and where I was disappointed. She was like, eh. Uh, but this one, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident going into. So um, they did something to make it interesting. So yeah. uh, that last sentence, 100%, because I didn't care. 
yeah. until that last video. It's so. like Skull and Bones originally, but that's not a game anymore. There's <laughs> nope, something else. So yeah. they pulled I, a... I had heard such bad things about the original Watchdog that I never bought it. Yeah. And I never even bothered looking into two. I heard it was slightly better than the original one, but still pretty much the same. Yeah. And so now hearing people really hyped about this one, it's it's got me like excited to pl- like check it out. Um, and I think it's great that they took the feedback from the previous games and trying to adapt the new game and change it to something that people would enjoy playing. So I'm just, I'm excited to see what they go with it, but yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah. The first Watch Dogs was such a misfire just because they advertised it so much because when they first showed it, people were fucking hyped because the idea looked really cool. I was stoked for it. Plus that tech demo is fucking infamous because it was amazing looking graphically. That game looked nothing like it when it came Not out. Lies and slander. Like yeah, that was one of the biggest, most egregious examples of someone going like, look at this amazing game you're going to play. And people are looking at it like, is that fucking real? Yeah, it's real. Holy shit. I want to play that. And then they pull it back and they were like, where's the fucking game you showed? And they're like, what game? This is it. That looks nothing. This looks nothing like that game. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? And they're all, they're <laughs> deleting the fucking videos. Like, oh, that wasn't a thing. Um, and they showed the game so much. It's one of the worst examples or best examples ever for me personally of a game that showed way too much before the game came out. They advertised it constantly. They showed you everything in that fucking game. And by the time I played it, I felt like I had played it already. I was like, I've already done this part. And I'm like, I haven't even fucking touched this game before. Um, the world had nothing to do in it, really. Uh, I had some cool ideas with the hacking, but like it's very minimal and basic. The driving wasn't even that great. Um, it was just a very empty shell of a game. It's weird. Um, so there's a lot they had. They, there's a lot they got to build onto that game that was barely a thing. The storyline wasn't that great. Yeah. Uh, main character was fucking whatever. I mean, that game was pretty much across the board, whatever. So. Right. Plus, like, all the cosmetics you found were just his same outfit in different colors. Which I'm not going to bitch about giving you options to change his colors, but... I will. What the fuck is that kind of option? I, 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 Color palette I, swaps? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. It could have been cooler, but... It's not customization. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for Watch Dogs Legion. I'm hoping it's good. Um, I'm sure it will be at some point. Uh, and then the last thing we got is Far Cry 6 is obviously a must buy as we've had many conversations uh, on our love for the franchise. We have had this conversation like two or three times. Uh, we've got a couple people in the community who are very big Far Cry fans like myself, which is always a good circle jerk to have. Um, and uh, I was like, Far Cry 5? Like, yeah, Far Cry 5. It's good, huh? It's really good. I know. <laughs> That's the conversation. Um, but even five, some people don't like it, but I like it. Yeah, I like it too. It's really good. Yeah, it is really good. It's just, it's just great. It's good company. Um, just <laughs> validation. Uh, love for the franchise, except New Dawn. Yeah, fuck New Dawn. Uh, I've always loved their uh, approaches to the villains in their games. Yep. And they really talked a lot of trash about Joseph Seed in five, but I thought he was fantastic. Circle jerk. Uh, I'm super hyped. They got, uh, I forgot how to pronounce that guy's name. Giancarlo Esposito, the guy from Breaking Bad. Um, he's one of my favorite actors and widely regarded as one of the best, period. I will always buy Far Cry. (laughs) I identify with that last sentence. (laughs) I bought New Dawn 
I will probably buy another side project of, of Far Cry and hopefully not be disappointed in it. But, uh, but yeah, I, why, how the fuck do I not remember how to pronounce that guy's name? I've seen that name a million times. Um, he's really good though. And I'm really excited for him to be the villain in Far Cry six. Um, he did a great job in breaking bad. He's been in a couple other things, but, um, he's one of those guys that I feel like, um, just like Christoph Waltz, like you can, you can get him and really utilize him, but you can also underutilize him and oh, kind of yeah. waste him. Um, so I'm hoping they get the full potential of him as an actor cause he's really good and he's really good at being very subtle, but, um, um, intimidating, which I like. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really far cry is all about its villains, man. And chaos. And, uh, so far, I mean, even four had a pretty whatever story. I liked Pagan Man, and he was different than the other villains. They're very creative with their villains. They're like uh, like a fucking anime where they can just keep busting out new characters, new characters, new characters. Like some more than others. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm excited for that. Uh, Joseph Seed. I the your opinions on Far Cry are my opinions on Far Cry as well. So we agree on that. Um, I like Joseph Seed. I like I love Five. I think Five is. Probably the best Far Cry. I said it. Um, I just played three recently. It's really good. Far Cry 5 is better. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I can't really add anything to this one. So, I'm not a Far Cry player. Yeah, it's super hyped. Nope, the only one I've ever tried playing is 5, and I didn't even get to any of the bosses. So, Shame. Once I don't think I ever played a Far Cry either. I got lost in the open world. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need to force you to play that. Um, you might, you might like, uh, you might like Far Cry, Chris. It's got a got a good story. They got good stories. It also has co op. It's got co op. Mm-hmm. You can change your clothes in five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop trying to sell me games. Um, so yeah, thank you for the comment, Stranger Wade. Stranger yeah. Wade. Stranger Danger. Strang- that's his name. Stranger Danger. Uh, did a hiking video with Cody, as I like to do randomly to change things up on the channel. I like to get out. And I like to film and edit. Any chance I get. You guys know me at this point. And, uh, yeah, I got a lot of comments. People going, hey, that's a really good looking area. It was a very beautiful looking area. Uh, but Simon, two questions. Rena was like, just two dudes with beards in the woods. Man, wholesome. Place looks like a sight, though. Um, sounds like my kind of party. Two fair. dudes and beards in the woods. I don't like going? beards. He's got a beard. He, yeah, it's still weird. <laughs> it's it's grown on me. That's how he looks now. Sure, I I, I I'm not saying appearance wise. I'm just saying his mentality wise. Oh. It throws me off. You also live here, so the beard guy is kind of common. You gotta adjust. You gotta, you gotta evolve and grow and make sacrifices. This is true. This is true. You also don't have to shave, and that's wonderful. You need to trim that motherfucker, though. All you guys out there growing your beards out and not doing anything with them, you look crazy. I do nothing. Not a damn thing. You don't trim anything? Not a damn thing. Maybe my mustache, if it gets in my mouth. Yeah, I do the mustache, too. But See, you're doing but something. It. You're doing but a little something. But the wife keeps yelling at me for this. She should. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand watching someone's beard just go equal length in every direction. <laughs> we trying to look like Jack Black. What the fuck is this? Um, yeah, that dude looks better. crazy sometimes. 
Yeah, that looks way better. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a Dynasty Warriors character. <laughs> Shit's poking I'm, I'm gonna defend the bridge. I think it's, I, I think it's I crazy, that. like how like rich in color your hair is, and you just got this fucking gray. Pow. It, there's gray. There's sure. There's I, I have shit tons of gray up there. I'm just saying, like, yeah. this yeah. is impressive. I don't. I got a white hair in here though somewhere. That's just part of the fucking oh, Norwegian God. shit. Yeah, you're older than me. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, I just wanted to read that because I thought it was a funny comment. So, uh, the beard thing, the woods thing. Um, and yeah, Washington's beautiful, man. Yeah, both sides. To be honest, yes. that's why I like. Yeah. I, that's why I like taking you guys to these locations because I'm like, you guys live in all these weird flat places with like no mountains and no rainforest and stuff, deserts. People mm. in fucking California. I saw a picture in the Discord the other day, a couple of weeks ago, of some sort of mysterious lake I found behind my house. <laughs> yeah, that's you're like I found a lake near my house. I'm like, you found a lake. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, that's fucking uncharted type shit. <laughs> I feel like he just walked in your backyard, decided, I'm going to get over my fence. And then he just went over there and there's just a lake back there. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for you to say you found some gold or some shit. Uh, that'll be the day. That'd be cool. Thank you for the comment, Simon. Thank you, everybody who commented on that video. And thanks for watching it. I always like doing those little things that are random that kind of mix shit up. Um, any excuse for me to be able to fucking edit something new and different. Uh, and then we got a video, which I think was Tasty Tuesday as well, where I talked about uh, Hyperscape, which I did not talk about what we've been playing. I played Hyperscape. I installed that shit quick. Um, it does everything you expect from a fucking Battle Royale and does things that are annoying, so I won't be playing it. Like, uh, there's no doors or windows. There's just these holographic orange things in the way, and you have to break or shoot them to get through them. It's stupid. It doesn't anything to the gameplay. It's just fucking ridiculous. And then the boxes aren't chesty open. You have to fucking break those too. Just constantly sw switching to your melee weapon and breaking stuff or shooting them. It's it's annoying. It just huh. does not flow. I don't like it. Anyway, I talked about if we should be hyped for that. And I learned by by now, no. Um, so if you like Hyperscape though, let me know. Let me know your thoughts in general on Hyperscape. Uh, and then we got a comment from Jacob Ogden. Uh, he said, because I talked about... Resident Evil uh, Village isn't Resident Evil 8. They revealed that um, Resident Evil Village, even though 8 is in the title, so clever, they're like, but it's not 8. And I think this is a smart tactic on their part going, we don't have to commit. If you like, if you guys like it a lot, yeah, it was 8. We weren't sure. <laughs> but if you don't like it, that was Village. That yeah. ain't 8. I so can see that. It's a, it's, yeah, I think that's yeah. what they're doing. If I was them, that's what I'd be doing. Um Anyway, Jacob says uh, on Resident Evil 8, Ari has a lot of segmented miniseries uh, in reference to me talking about maybe this is just an offshoot. Um, if they want to make spinoffs, uh, so calling it Village would be a good way to connect mainline game with a spinoff horror series. So if they decide not to make this 8 and just say it's Village, they could start maybe start making the first person games after that. I'm assuming that's what he's saying. And then... Mm -hmm. uh, there's a read more button. I probably should get that. Uh, <laughs> they had trouble after RE2 with each game getting less than a tenth of the sales until four through six. Uh, seven could be a new horror hybrid to keep the brand strong uh, while allowing new game markets. Uh, stuff like RE4 isn't real Resident Evil because fixed camera, zombies, etc. Um, thoughts? 
Um, I mean, just on not really on the the whole history of Resident Evil, uh, but as far as like eight goes, you're not a Resident Evil historian. No, <laughs> weird. Um, I, I I probably wouldn't have had any deep thoughts on it at all, uh, other than when you brought up that they could just be trying to be safe so they can not bail out whichever direction they want to go. Yeah. Um, I think and, that's exactly what they're doing. And realistically, that's just really smart. So yeah. it allows them to be experimental without committing to uh, ruining the brand, essentially, potentially. So Well, because they committed to it in 7, and some people some people love it. Some people don't like this first person, but they still like the game, yeah. which is interesting. And then they're being bold and going, no, the next one's going to be first person as well. That's not what I want. Yeah, I'll play it, but I'd prefer them to go the Resident Evil Two remake route. I would love more games like that for sure. Um, yeah, but so that they're committing to the thing that kind of had people going like, I don't know if I want that or not. I think they're going. This is either eight, and we're not saying it is, or if it is not well received, this is a branch of eight. Then they can release Resident Evil Eight and say the Resident Evil Village is a story arc of eight. Yeah, that's why the eight's in the mm-hmm. title, and they can move the first person, which I've been saying they should do for a while. They can move the first person Resident Evils in a different direction that's not mainline. I think it'd be a really smart way to to create a, like a junction yeah. in the storytelling and be able to let their developers keep a first person Resident Evil if they want to keep making them or not. Um, yeah, yeah. So pretty much that. It's just the prequel. That's all it is. Resident Evil Village is the prequel to Eight. Could be, yeah. Builds, it just builds up the story and lets you know what's <laughs> That's a kind of the gist of yeah. happening. <laughs> and it's a rail cart game. It's not first person. It's a rail cart. They've done them before. Was it uh, Umbrella Chronicles or the fuck? I yep. don't remember, man. And then the original first person Resident Evil, Resident Evil Survivor on PlayStation, played like shit. Fucking hated that game. Very bold of them to do it back then when they didn't even have the fucking analog sticks. <laughs> it's like D-pad, first-person shooters, like uh, Medal of Honor. Whew, those were the days. And they're gone now. Good. That shit need to end. Um, sounds like pretty much you're on the same page as us, Jacob, when it comes to uh, what they might be doing with uh, branching off with Resident Evil. And they have obviously done other uh, side Resident Evil stories, so it makes sense. And they've done so much bad and some good with resident evil that uh i wouldn't put it past them to do whatever the fuck they're feeling like because they really just are not consistent with resident evil they make amazing ones and they make shit ones and when they make shit ones it's not the end of the that's not the end of resident evil because they'll still make a good one they just do whatever the fuck they want when they want so uh there's no way of knowing and that whole village might be eight but it's not sounds more of the same to me when it comes to how they run resident evil which is for sure weird the the sales and stuff i can't speak on i have no fucking idea about the sales of the resident evil games and all that shit so anything else you guys want to say uh no thanks for commenting thank you for the comment jacob and thank you everybody else for your comments as always you can type in hashtag ask tlg if you want to make sure that you are on this segment otherwise you pick at random so yeah we appreciate that you guys commented everybody and um watch the episodes um unless you guys have anything else to say i gotta wrap this fucker up mm, nope all right that's gonna do it for this episode of taste the cast episode 121 
As always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoy this episode. Make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Tasty Loot Gaming. Check our streams out. Links down below. Check us out on Discord. You can talk to us anytime, all time. Link down below as well. Uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, and the podcast platforms. If you prefer to listen to us, you don't like watching this shit, you're like, I don't want to see your goddamn faces. There are too many beards. Get that shit out of here. I fucking hate facial hair. Um, but I like ear hair where I listen. Um, you got hairs in there. I know, but that was it, it very pro- specific. It protects you. <laughs> uh, and yeah, my name's Seth. I'm Chevy. I'm Chris. Until the next episode, which will be something, I guarantee it. Uh, have a good week, guys, and take it easy.